welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. To define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 170 As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Wherever you listen to podcasts, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to butcher this intro. This is a very informal episode. We did not plan on recording this at all, <laughs> but it's happening right now. Um, give us a look on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Uh, send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei, and you can also follow my co-host on Twitter at GC Zeus. Speaking of my co-hosts. I am once again joined with Anti-Cool. We are recording a very impromptu episode of the podcast. How are you doing today, sir? I am, uh, you know, I'm doing good. I'm just going around, you know, high-fiving people, <laughs> uh, licking the doorknobs of cars, uh, you know, just, you know, not my car, other people's cars. Um, you know, I do have a slight cough. Mm. And I I do feel a little warm, but mm. other than that, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I've been walking around slapping people in the back of the forehead. I might I, I might be coughing on your child, uh, some children later. Uh, you know, mm. just yeah, yeah, it's a good quality fun. Slap you in the back of the neck and just run down the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing water from like old women as they try to go to their cars in the shopping uh, the shopping uh, parking lot. Oh, man. Just good, wholesome, old American fun. It's real out here, man. (laughs) It's (laughs) it's real out here. But, um, yeah, as you guys uh, maybe can tell, um, didn't plan on recording this episode at all. Um, And and what would have been a normal life, um, we would be chilling until UFC 249. And then we would have recorded that episode. And then we would have came back for our final little bonus episode. I mean, we yeah. probably would have been watching, or it might have been over by now, but we probably would have been watching um, Leon oh, Edwards oh, yeah. and like, yep. Tyron Woodley stare at each other. Right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Point is, uh, this, this podcast would have been ending next month. Um, but due to the uh, situation of the world right now with a uh, little, little corona running around, um, this may extend the life of this podcast. Um, it's going. I'm gonna let y'all know now. It's gonna be a mixture of jokes and seriousness because this is serious. But we still gotta get some of these jokes off because I have to use humor to keep me from going crazy. But um, nah, man. Little, little Corona came through, messed the game up, has the world just in a frenzy. And I figure, you know, a lot of people just kind of want an escape, something to listen to for maybe an hour a day, just take you away from the madness. And I feel like if I can provide that on any kind of level as a podcaster, then why not do it? So um, I don't know <laughs> how much longer we're going to carry on this. Um, I don't know what our 
upcoming episodes will be, or if there'll even be episodes. We have some other ideas we're kind of floating out there. So, uh, I just want to point out. I just want you. I, I'm just wait. I just want you to say so badly. We won't stop until Ferguson Khabib happens, and then it it just never happens. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that like. <laughs> Like, that was really the mark of when, like, when that fight happens, that was going to be my realization that, oh, like, this podcast is really ending. Like, that was it. And then this happens, and it's like, oh, well, I, I, maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. Um, So, I don't know, man. You guys got us. We're, we'll be here. Um, Like I said, I, I don't know if there'll be episodes every week, but you, you guys will have this episode, and... uh. We, we have some other ideas of other things we may try and, and float out there, see if I we mean, can... fuck it, I don't got shit to do no more. Right. <laughs> like, we don't we, got nothing to do. We can record every day. <laughs> I, know, I know a lot of y'all ain't got nothing to do. It's a whole lot of just sitting in the house going on around right now. But, um... There's a whole lot of podcasts being recorded right now. Yeah, just... yeah. But real quick, um... Well, I guess real quick before we get started, um, I want to dedicate this episode to everybody who's working at a grocery store, everybody who's working at a hospital, um, all of the quote-unquote essential personnel, um, teachers, everybody who's out here just kind of keeping the country afloat right now. Um, The only people actually working right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm working, but I'm not none of them. I'm not really important. The world doesn't really need my job, but my job needs my job, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> I'm still crunching, crunching numbers. But um, nah, man, sh- shout outs to y'all, man. Um, y'all are literally keeping the world just afloat while this uh, while while the Rona just kind of goes around and just wreaks havoc and uh, causes all kind of pandemonium and whatnot. But, um, so yeah, like I said, this, this episode is going to be a little informal. We might be a little all over the place, so I'll, I'll try to keep it somewhat on track. But as far as the outline of the show... One of us has to. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll talk about uh, the UFC Brasilia card. Maybe we won't spend a whole lot of time on it, but we'll, we'll, we're just kind of winging it. But we'll, we'll talk about notes from the UFC Brasilia card, uh, um, Oliveira versus Lee. Um, we'll talk about the UFC London debacle and maybe discuss like what we think the UFC, yeah, what the UFC should do moving forward. And then I have like one thing of news, uh, to get to. I did not list fight announcements because honestly, at this point, we don't know if any of those are real. Like, I don't care if who is fighting who, and we don't know if any of these cards are even going to happen when they're supposed to happen. So I didn't write down any fight announcements. There is a, like, I'm not going to say there's a good chance, but there is a chance that we might have seen our last UFC card of 2020. Yeah. Like, that, I, don't know. That, I don't know what the, like, I don't know what the odds are of that, but, like, that's a real possibility. Dana is trying hard, but at this point, he's going to have people fighting in just basements of people's houses. Like He's just going to fight. Okay, what's the one country in the world that doesn't have the coronavirus right now? Uh, oh, um, uh, God, what's the name of that country? Um, Microasia? Micronesia? <laughs> we'll bring it there. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> fuck it. We'll bring it there and destroy everything they've had, everything they've worked hard to build. 
But um, yeah. So this, you know, we'll talk a little bit of fighting, a little bit of, a little bit of news, a little, little bit of Rona. You know, be a lot going on. We'll try to keep you guys entertained and and all the madness. But I guess for our first segment, uh, oh, and real quick, shout out to the listeners. Shout out to y'all. Appreciate you. Um, wasn't sure I'd be talking to y'all this soon, but uh, you know, while we're here, might as well uh. Go ahead and uh, share with a friend. Let them know that there's one podcast on Earth that's still recording something. Uh, <laughs> you know, thanks to uh, the wonderful advancements of technology, uh, we can record and not have to be in the same room. As we are every other week. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know some other podcasts. And shout out to all the podcasters out there who are still like trying to, trying to make it happen. Because I listen to podcasts a lot to kind of keep my days... Uh, Keep my days floating along, and I, I know for a, a lot of the podcasts I listen to, it's been hard for people to record because a lot of them are actually in like actual studios, and now they can't be in studios because it's too many people, and they have to find like alternative setups. So I'll just say for any podcasters listening, uh, if you want to know what we do, because I think our audio is, is, is solid. Um, listen, man, just get on Skype. They have a record option. You can record the call over Skype. Probably best to have you in a little USB microphone to make sure your quality's uh quality is pretty decent uh and just record through skype man that's what we do every week it's not an elaborate setup at all and then you can just uh export it chop your audio up however you need to and whatever software you use and you know do what you do just just want to throw that that option out there but um tell us all the podcasters who are still putting out content because god knows out y'all have helped me tremendously this last week because it has been it's been a week um, and with that being said, uh, we normally do our What's On Your Mind segment, and we're just going to make that segment about the Rona. Um, <laughs> we're just I mean, going to... what else could possibly be on anybody's mind right now? Yeah, yeah, we're just going to jump right into it. So, I'll start and ask you first, um, when did this hit you like, oh, this is, like, a real thing now. Like, it's it's kind of a big deal. Okay, so... I actually wrote, like, a whole thing, and it actually starts with the event that clicked it off in my head. That, you know, something might be terribly wrong, but I don't know how to put it into context. Hmm. And I'm on Reddit a lot during the day because I sit at a desk uh, waiting to help people who need help at the library. Um, and, uh, and it's... You know, I go on Reddit a lot. I read the news. I'm on the politics board, and uh, you know, the less real worldy boards, I guess, I'm on MMA. Um, but I, I, I don't know what propelled me to do, compelled me to do this. But I was on the World News board uh, subreddit, um, and I saw something where, uh, um. Uh, the the headline was basically city of 35 million people quarantined. Mm. I was like, that can't be good. Cause I, and I don't know a lot about viruses. I don't know a lot about germs and bacteria. Um, but I do know that like, unlike say HIV, it really don't need to be that in that much contact to get something you know right it, 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 like so 
I was like, that can't possibly be good if they have to quarantine this entire city of 35 million people. And they're probably not going to be able to do that because, like, it's 35 million people. And, yeah, I know it's China, but that can't be good. Um, but it didn't really start to click in my head that it was, like, an issue issue until I started reading. Well, not, like, I shouldn't say. I didn't, I didn't think it was a problem that could affect, that would affect my life. Uh, until we heard about the cancellations um, mm-hmm. uh, in late February. Um, I, 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 did, did we talk about this? Or did they happen afterwards? No, I don't think... Like, it was a thing the last time we recorded, but it wasn't like... Which was only two weeks ago, by the yeah, way. Yeah, but it wasn't It wasn't at the height. Like, this happened so fast. Like, right. it, it escalated really, really quick. As it does with, you know, things there, with viruses, but... um. The thing I th- think that really, like, just, like, put it at the forefront of my mind was one championship back in February. Um, They had their card one, King of the Jungle, that was, um, I can't remember for the life of me where it was supposed to be held. Uh, was that, the Century card was earlier that month, too, right? I think so. Yeah. So, I, it was actually that one. Because um, that's around the time I was like, are you still going to have it? Are you still going to have it? Um, and then it was then like a week or two later they had the um, the King of the Jungle uh, announcement where they were going to have the card but they were not going to have any but uh, any fans in attendance. Hmm. I was like, that's different, and I think that's when I realized it was like a real thing, or like it it was a thing that was going to spread. Yeah, kind of the same for me. The the cancellations is what definitely rose a finger and probably like a lot of people when i i was i think i was about to go to sleep that day i was like right about to go to sleep and the last notification i got from espn was the oklahoma city game and the utah jazz game has been canceled and i was like hmm what happened here and then i found out it got canceled right before tip-off and i was like oh that's not good like I've never seen that happen before. Yeah, props to the doctor. Um, I forgot the name. Um, who literally just ran out on the floor and was like, yeah, no, we're not. Yeah, yeah, he was like, nah, yeah, shut it down. Shut it down. And that was the start of it. And I was like, okay, all right, this is uh, this is going somewhere. Not good. This is all Rudy Gobert's fault. That's what we'll say. <laughs> we'll get there to him. Oh, God, that. Everybody on the team has to shoot the fade with him. Every everybody, everybody got lined up and just in a row. He just have to fight the whole team. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll get through. But um, that that text or that notification, and then when I woke up and saw that the season was like canceled, and like we live in America. Not that, I don't want to make this political, but it's it's gonna it's gonna get there. We we are capitalists, capitalists, capitalists. Where there is money to be made, we will make money, and it don't matter what loopholes we got to go through to make it, we are going to make money. And that is from billionaire companies to the little companies that you and I may work for. Like, if there's a chance to make money, they're making money, and they don't care who they got to step on or, you know, what they got to do to make it. So when I saw the NBA, which is like a billion-dollar corporation, like, shut down the season, I knew this was serious. That's a lot of money to lose. <laughs> to not 
to not play any games, to not, you know, and I know they were floating around the idea of, oh, we might do this with no fans or, you know, we maybe we'll try to move it to another location, so on and so forth. When they canceled the whole season, I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Because, like I said, they, they, it, it, all these professional sports leagues, they're all about money. Like, so if they were willing to cut down a, se- a whole season and lose out on all that money, y'all like, okay, this is, uh, this is real. This is a thing now. This is, this is a huge deal. Um, and that, that's when it kind of really hit me. And then it hit me again <laughs> at my job when, uh, well, I ain't gonna put it out there, but, uh, things happened at my job. Uh, offices start to get a little more empty every day. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm working from home, which now I'm currently doing, uh, day two working from home. I can't say that I'm a big fan. Um, I'm very thankful though that I, I can work, but I'll tell you, working from home is not as fun as it sounds. Uh, it is not. <laughs> it's not, uh, it's not, yeah, you kind of stare at the screen and crunch numbers all day. It's, it's not as fun as it sounds. Um, and I won't get into specifics about my job because I'm not going to put everything out there like that. But, um, yeah, it got real really quick. Like, from the time that NBA news hit till the rest of that week, it was just nonstop coverage. It's coronavirus, coronavirus, what's happening, who's doing what. Uh, are we going on lockdown? And then, you know, you start hearing companies sending people home and then next thing i know i'm packing up my computer from my desk at work and i'm transporting it back to the living room in my house (laughs) where i'm now working until god knows when don't know when i'm going back to the office Um, yep same yep so same um yeah um and I, I don't know if we're going to get to like I guess we can save it for later because we're going to talk about what was supposed to happen today with UFC London. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll we... save that for the for a separate. Yes, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll save what I wrote for that. But um, just like like I, I I've seen the ripple effect of like response from like people like me and you who are like, okay, this is a real thing. To People who are a little farther ahead of us in terms of, like, being freaked the fuck out. Mm. To people who are like that kid in that one video who just is like, fuck it, if I die, I die. And he had to go to Miami for spring break. Um, which, you know, I fucking hate because I got family down there. Um, then again, I live in, like, a hotbed for cases, so I, I can't really uh, talk much. Um... And it's really, we talked about it before this show, and we don't have to get into it much here, because this is an MMA podcast, and not a podcast about analyzing, um, you know, the socioeconomic systems that make up this country. But, like, we're not really built for, like, community, are we? Uh, this made me realize there's a lot we're not built for. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but, like we. But, but like on an interpersonal level, like we, like we're we're real, like we're really just not built to help people we don't know. Mm. My 
my first thought when it like really became real and like that first day when I actually went to the and this happened at the worst time like this legit happened at a time where I was legit running out of toilet paper and like Lysol <laughs> like it was about that time where I needed to re-up mm-hmm. and that first day when I went out to the store and like tried to get some and I'm looking at the shelves I'm like oh my god there's nothing there's nothing here and then like the, the thought I had that whole week about realizing like how many of these and like I said, because this could turn into a long conversation about politics, about how this country is just kind of set up and run, and what systems work and what don't. And I think we are, if you haven't seen what systems don't work, I don't know what you've been watching, because this is all failing. This is, I don't say all of it, but um, there are a lot of flaws right now that are being exposed in how this country is just kind of run. And my first thought was... <laughs> If this was like a, not not to uh, say the coronavirus is serious, but if this was like a movie situation where it was like one of those like super deadly viruses that like it would just kill you, like if it was one of those, oh we we would have been done. We would be uh, out of here. I do. First if, we, week. if we if we had to go through like the Spanish bird flu again, like uh, we like we're, we're up to like what ten thousand cases in the United States, something like that. Yeah, some some around that. Like half those people would probably be dead. Yeah. And it, it, for a number of reasons, for one, we can't handle simple instruction, and it's crazy with this because literally the instruction they're telling you is to not do anything, just don't go anywhere, or like you know, you do your essentials, like go to the grocery store, you know, then go home. Yeah, go to the bank, go to the doc- doctor, and that's it. Those are the three places you can go. Those are very simple, easy <laughs> instructions to follow. And it seems like we all can't even get on one accord with that. And it's like, if we can't do all, if we can't agree to these simple things on one accord, then this is, <laughs> this might get a lot worse before it gets better. Oh, it's going to get a lot worse. It's going to get a lot worse. And not to stay on this for too long, but... My, my my whole fear was never the virus itself. And it's still not the virus itself. It's it's people. Like, I know the virus is serious, and I definitely don't want no smoke. I don't want no parts of that. I don't keep the Rona away. <laughs> Rona got to go to another corner somewhere, chill out. Don't bother me. I mean, me. yeah, like, getting the but, flu sucks. Yeah. So. But I don't think I'm going to die if I get it. I'm going to have faith that all these fruits and vegetables and push-ups I've been doing, they better amount to something. My body better fight this off if I get it. I'll be pissed. <laughs> I'll be pissed if I've been eating all this healthy stuff and my body can't fight the Rona. Oh, no, 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 not having it. <laughs> but it's just like, it's people that bother me. And if you're one of those people who thinks like, oh, this isn't serious and you know, I'm not going to die if I catch it. And, like, that might be true. You might catch it, and you might be okay. And I've heard a lot of reports of people who've caught it, and, like, they'll be terrible for a couple of days, and then they'll slowly start to get better, and, like, they're cool. But it's not about that. It's You might be okay, but the next person you transmit it to, they might not make it. Like, whoever gets it from you might not be so lucky. And that's why, like, containment is so, like, important. Just, yeah. like, you'll s- stay in the house, chill out. You got ERs being overrun. You got nurses working crazy hours, probably. They're trying to slow everything down. Yeah, like, think about it like that. Like, 
all these people who are filling hospital beds right now, like, what happens to people who are like, who have who have different issues? Right. Like, so, someone who has cancer, someone who needs like life saving surgery, someone who like who can't see their doctor and like develops like you know hardcore medical issues because their doctor's busy. And that's the other thing. We're, like, there's like a huge doctor shortage. Like, there was a story not too long ago about two Jersey doctors, um, who, well, I should say one was from Jersey, one's from Washington, I believe, um, who both caught the who both caught the virus, just helping people. And one of the poor, one of the poor dude was like 70 years old. He's still out here trying to help people. Like. The, the point is to flatten the curve so that we can deal with the cases as they pop up in the timely matter and not just completely kill a large percentage of the country unnecessarily. All right. So, like, they set up a testing um, drive-through place by my uh, in my county over there at the Bergen Community College, and, like, I saw a line of, like, 600 people, it's, like, on video, just trying to, waiting to get in there, and, like, it's all up and down the road, and it's a long-ass road. Um, it's just, like, most of y'all definitely don't need to be there. Like, I, I understand you're scared. I, I understand that, like, <clears throat> you know, you, you, you don't, you want to make sure you're safe, but, like, you're taking up time and you're taking up resources that somebody else might need. And like, I'm not saying you shouldn't go get tested if you think you have, if you're displaying systems, symptoms, but like, don't go just because you're scared. Which also ties into this is the reason why like now is not a good time to like panic and hoard. That and... too. Bro, like, <laughs> Y'all are out here. Toilet paper aside, because that's crazy. I don't know how many times y'all really need to use the bathroom like that. But, <laughs> like, the picture I saw with the lady, she had like nine gallons of milk. Like, ma'am, ma'am, nine, nine milks. All You know all those are going to go bad at the same time, right? Yep. And... Like, I ain't, I ain't trying to be all up in your house, but, like, can your refrigerator hold all them gallons of milk? Like, where are you, <laughs> like, like, when people panic, they do wild, just, just dumb, inexplainable, just, I don't know. You know, y'all keep buying a regular milk. I got my almond milk. You know, I'm, I don't know, man. Uh, this is, this is craziness. This is, I made it to Walmart today. Got me a little bit of food. I just needed some frozen veggies to hold me over for a little bit. But, I, you know what I'll, I'll say? Because I don't want to be all negative. I'm lucky that, and I can only speak for what I've seen in person. Um, You can definitely tell, like, the cashiers are, are going through it. Like, pe people just, they look tired. They look worn down. But I've been lucky in what I've seen in the stores that I've been to that, like, people have actually been nice. People have been friendly. I haven't seen no fights. Nobody's pushing anybody over for the last frozen chicken or, like, anything crazy. 
So I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that out there, at least the people I've seen in person where I live at. Uh, kudos to y'all. Y'all still buying a little too much. But at least people are not, you know, I haven't seen anything ugly yet. So. I, I, I have seen people fight over toilet paper, but it's only been on Twitter. So, like, videos of people fist fighting. Yeah. I, I have, I've also seen um, people... Um, you know, committing hate crimes against Asian people yeah, over this. So, yeah, there's that too. So, um, don't do that. Uh, like, no, I, I'd like to think that. that the people of our, who listen to our podcast would not, you know, do that. But yeah, if you were considering, please don't. Yeah, and don't 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 come to me like one of those people are like, oh, you're still getting Chinese food? Yes, yes, I'm going to go get orange chicken. Yes. I mean, more people died in Italy than they do in, like, friggin' who have died in China. Yes. I'm going so. to go to my local Chinese spot. They treat me well. Yeah, I yeah. like them. You're not going to stop me from ordering my chicken parms. I'm just saying. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going there. Yes. <laughs> I'm definitely going. But, um, yeah, man, just, just, y'all stay safe out there. Stay, stay sanitized. Um, prayers to uh, people who do have it, who are fighting it. Um, prayers to Italy, because, boy, I, I saw an article the other day that said, like, they like 400-some people died on, like, one day. Yep, it is terrifying. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's getting rough out here. And I, I still feel like it hasn't hit for some people yet, how serious this is. Because a lot of people, like, a lot of people don't have really big social networks. Um, you know, they know, like, five people. And their acquaintances with like maybe twenty other people or whatever. Um, and like as long as those people aren't affected directly, like they have no reason to like. There, we all live in our own little bubbles. Um, right. And you know, like, then some people can't see past the end of their nose. So it's it, it is what it is. Oh, y'all, y'all stay safe, man. Stay sanitized out there. I could go on a whole rant about the sanitizing thing, but you know what? I'm gonna save that for another, another part. Some of y'all are nasty. Use I know this is some water, of y'all. Damn it. Yeah, I, I can tell this is some of y'all first time, uh, you know, having to use soap, and <laughs> I just, I know, I know, some of y'all are nasty. I'll just say when this is all over, make sure you keep washing your hands. But um, y'all stay safe out there, man. Stay, stay sanitized. Stay clean. Uh. Stay, stay, stay inside as much as you can. Um, and also, man, help people out, man. If if you uh, if you know somebody who's a little less fortunate than you, who might need, you know, maybe they need a little bit of groceries, a little bit of something to help get them over. Because um, there are a lot of people out here who are vulnerable, man. Like I, I, we all know somebody who has like some health condition, and th- those are the the people to worry for the most right now. Anybody who has any kind of underlying health condition, if you, I have diabetics in my family. Um, if you know anybody who's diabetic, people with asthma, people with, uh, anybody you know who might be, like, fighting cancer, like, these are the people who are really, they really can't afford to catch this. Like, they really, really, really can't afford to catch this. So, if you know anybody, man, who's, who's less fortunate than you, man, help, re- reach out, man. Help, help somebody, help, help somebody else, uh, help somebody get by if you can. But, uh, that's at least for the all the corona talk at least in regards to our personal lives we'll uh 
we'll bring it back up when we get to the UFC. Um, but let's talk about this uh, this card first. Let's 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 transition. Brasilia. Yeah. And Corona is <clears throat> going to be a running theme through this podcast because it literally is affecting everything, including this card, which took place in it, front of nobody in an um, empty auditorium. Yes, <laughs> where they were just. Yes, because the Wednesday before, the governor of Brasilia came out and said that there would be no sporting events. And yep. the UFC was like, fine, we'll do it without a crowd. And uh, we'll, we'll, we can talk about the ramifications of that after this card, because there are there were some ramifications. Yes. Um, I, yeah, so uh, we'll, two, we'll get two to people, that. Right? Two, two, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll Google it while we're... At least two people, yeah, yes. At least two people. Dana, 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 damn it, Dana. Yeah, and we'll and we'll get to Dana. Yeah, we will. But let's keep it on positive. Try to extract the the little bit of uh, light we can get from the situation. You say positive, Um, but poor, poor Kevin Lee. Yeah. So UFC Brasilia (laughs) headlined by Charles Oliveira and Kevin Lee. I was really stoked for this matchup. Um, <clears throat> Oliveira's been on a tear lately. He's really been coming into his own. Uh, Kevin Lee coming off the big win over Gregor Gillespie, and he had the camp switch. And I, I really like this match. It was just it was a good on on paper. This just looked like an awesome matchup to make. Big fight for Oliveira, who I think deserved a, a name, um, and a good fight for Kevin Lee to to kind of keep his uh, momentum going. Well, it it didn't keep going, but. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> but, um, and I'll let y'all know off the cuff. Um, because we didn't plan on recording this episode, I didn't really rewatch any of these fights. But um, I did a couple, not all of them. You couldn't pay me to rewatch Krylov versus Walker. Yeah, we didn't need that. We, we didn't. Which is funny because if you had asked me before the card, I would be like, "Yeah, I would have rewatched that." Was well, going to be last like fifteen seconds. And yeah, no, we got a long. <laughs> yeah. We got the longest fight of both of their careers. Right. <laughs> but uh, Oliveira and Lee, man. Um, Oliveira is just going Oliveira, apparently. Like. And Kevin Lee is just going to Kevin Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And when those two things happens, it's not good for Kevin Lee, because you don't want Kevin Lee to Kevin Lee. Yeah. Because <laughs> when he does, it uh, it doesn't go well. I think we should start by mentioning that Kevin Lee did, in fact, not make weight for this fight. Uh, He came in at 158.5. That was 2.5 pounds over the limit. Um, But did not matter uh, as he got guillotined in the third round. Which makes him... Hold up. This is his... No, no, he's done other. He's had other uh, main events. Um, So, let's see. Of the... One, two, three, four. Okay, it's only been twice. So I've like his six main events. He's been submitted in the in the uh, later rounds like three times. Mm. So this might be a yeah. pattern, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I was gonna say this. It's <laughs> is, is slowly getting to that Chael Sonnen triangle territory. It's, it's not already there yet. Yeah. Um. Well, let's but, start. Let's talk a little bit about the Bronx, who um. Piece the crap out of Kevin Lee up on the feet. Mm-hmm. Which, if you had asked me before, I probably would not have expected, even though the Bronx has looked great. 
But I, I think I expected Kevin Lee to come out more like he did against Edson Barboza, where he's just, I'm going to take all your space. I'm going to force you to move backwards. I'm going to tire you out, and then I'm going to take you down and beat you up there. Um, but that wasn't his game plan. Uh, instead, Lee fought very timid. I'm not going to say timidly. He fought on the outside. Um, I like he, he tried to fight behind the jab, but like a lot of it was just him jabbing, jabbing, staying in place. Occasionally, he'd throw the, right hand, the overhand right, and it would land really nicely. But he wouldn't follow it up with anything. And Del Bronx would just go back to kick him in the stomach. Yeah, I was going to say, he, <laughs> he probably wasn't ready for the front kicks and jumping switch kicks. He was catching to the face. Like, but Del Bronx was really going off. But, like, the thing that really caught my eye was just... Olivera was just tagging him with his hands. Like, mm-hmm. at one point in the second round, he went on, a, like, a 90-second, a like span where he was just boxing the crap out of Kevin Lee. He must have landed almost every strike he threw. Um, like, got him to duck underneath the jab and just tagged him with an uppercut. Countered one of Kevin Lee's jabs with an uppercut. Was just, like, hand fighting with him. Um, it only ended um, that second round. <clears throat> Lee was only able to get to the ground because he shot on Oliveira as he landed a a, a nice step in knee to the body on him, um, and the first round, like, like I don't know why, but during the fight I had it one one going into the third, but like rewatching, I'm like, no, that was that was two zero Oliveira. He was yeah, he 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 beat the bricks off. <laughs> yeah, like that first round was Oliveira just fishing for submissions for like a, a solid three to four minutes. Um, that was the only. I'll give Lee props for that, that when it did go to the ground, like he, well, up until when he got submitted, he was able to, like, hold his own. Because normally you go to the ground with Oliveira, you're, it's not going to go, you're, you're going to probably get tapped really quick. Yeah. And he did manage to, you know, get himself out of some, some bad spots. But, yeah, like I said, once it got to the feet, which was the one area you would think he would, if not have an advantage, at least it would be, like, a little more even. And it just kind of wasn't like he, he caught Oliveira with a couple of, of good like hooks but like outside of that it wasn't like he tagged him pretty well like he was tagging him when he got the, when he went for that takedown that third in the third that got, that ended up with him getting guillotine he was mm. tagging the crap out of him he was just tired like Ke- Kevin Lee is a dude who fights himself tired and then like he ends up making a mistake because of it he did against Tony Ferguson he did against RDA he did it here yeah, when he uh <laughs> when he went for that single leg and I saw that net get snatched, I was like, Oh boy. It's uh, it's happening again. Yep. <laughs> it's happening again. Yeah. Three seconds later the man is like tapping he, out. Yeah, he just gets so tired and he gets sloppy on the ground. It's just like it's normally the opposite of what happens. But it was it was bad because at least like in the, the Ferguson fight, he got tired. But he was, like, doing good. Like, he was putting in some work. Yeah, he was controlling. He was landing ground and pound. Like, I don't think he landed any significant ground and pound here. No, in this fight, it's like he got tired because he was just getting worked. Like, <laughs> he was just, he was getting battered. And, like I said, he, he was landing a couple of good hooks that he did tag Oliveira with. But for a lot of this fight, the man, like, Oliveira was just kind of nonstop just, just on him. 
Um, which I can't say I did not expect. I like. I think I think they mentioned it in the um during the broadcast. Like Charles, like you know, he has all these submission wins in the UFC. Um, I think it's like thirteen or fourteen now. But like most of them don't come past like the second round. I think this is his first pass. Of, no, is his second pass the third? Or third? Oh wow, I, I forgot Andy Ogle went three rounds with him. So this is like his third past the third round. Like those other fights were fights where like if if or those other fights were like um like five years ago. So like five six years ago. So like I I don't know. We we've seen him struggle late in fights. Um, he gassed against Anthony Pettis. He gassed against uh, Jeremy Stevens late in their fight, but that was down at one forty five. Um, I don't think he, he didn't have time to gas against Paul Felder. So, uh, maybe maybe he's maybe he's more comfortable um, fighting at uh, one fifty five. I think he he's really coming to his own in terms of not even just like skill set because obviously it's still weird like this is I remember watching him when he first came to the UFC and he was just this really frail like 19 20 year old and now he's finally kind of like grown into his body a little bit it and ma- like it makes you wonder how much quicker this would have happened if he didn't try to make featherweight right <laughs> he might have been here a while or at least like his body would have been but like his his he looks so much more confident now, like when he strikes. He he looks really sure of himself. He's not afraid to take a hit, which I I do worry about a little bit though. Um, after this fight, I, I was thinking like, who? Because I I think he he deserves a big. I'm ready to see him just throw him in the top ten, top five. Let's just see what happens, man. The man's just been on. He's been on one of them tears. Exactly. But I was I was thinking like, if he fought a guy like a Poirier. And Poirier landed a clean shot like Lee was. He, Poirier might put him out. Like, I mean, I, I I think it's a good sign for if for if only for the fact that like we had questions about his durability and his toughness for like the longest time. Like, um, remember the Cub Swanson knockout? Hmm. Where he like he literally it takes a second for his body to just catch up, right? <laughs> and like you know the whole incident with uh, Max Holloway that turned out not to be as bad as originally thought, and it's just like, uh, so I I think him being able to take punches is a positive sign. I, I'm I'm right there with you. Like if he goes in there with a Poirier or like a Michael Johnson, um. You know that's that that could be a that could be a, a another quick night. We've seen guys like Paul Felder be able to get him out of there, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I I, I do like that he's showing more mental toughness. Uh, toughness. Yeah. I think I just think he's, he just looks more confident. He looks like he's ready to make that that leap, which is good to see, man. It's good to see. Like he's been fighting for a long time because he came into the UFC when he was really really young like his first fight i think was in like 2009 yeah he's yeah. been in the ufc since yeah the 11 years two decades yeah, uh, yeah. three decades yeah been 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 a while for him and he's finally he's finally turning that corner um yeah i i want to see him and get get like a top five guy next um i wouldn't mind seeing him fight poirier i can't remember if hooker has a fight 
lined that, up. So apparently Poirier and Hooker were getting ready to fight in May, but they both decided not to do it um, because of the uh, the virus. So I, I don't yeah. know what's happened there. <laughs> That's what makes this card hard to talk about because it's, it's hard to recommend future opponents because we don't know what's really going to happen. But if, if those two, if Poirier and Hooker were to, to fight, I wouldn't mind him getting the winner of that. I think he's earned a fight of that that magnitude. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's also worth mentioning that the Kevin Lee tonight was supposed to be Justin Gaethje. Um, though I think that's, uh, I think Justin Gaethje is the rightful number one contender for uh, Bergs and uh, Khabib, should that no ever doubt. happen. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Great win for Bronx, man. Great win. Really um, great win. So, I, I've been debating this, and has anybody shown more vulnerability and loss, like emotional vulnerability and loss, than Kevin Lee? And I don't, I, I don't say that to be like judgmental and be like, oh, like he, he's mentally weak or anything, but like. That dude wears his heart on his sleeve, and just to see him after every loss, just look, he's the most, that's the dude who believes in himself, and it's like, his world falls apart when he loses. It's, yeah, I think, I, I want to say I saw a headline after, like a day after, he said, like, y'all might not see me for a while. Yeah, he said years. Like, he, this, this man really cares about fighting. Um, Like, I was one of those people who thought the move to TriStar was a good move for him. He, he, he's he got the tools to be a very GSP-ish type fighter and to fit in their mold. But mm-hmm. Bronx was not the dude to test that out against, man. Like, you want a striker for that. Especially not this this version of Bronx. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like I, I can't remember the last time Anthony Pettis, I guess, somebody was able to outgrapple him for like long stretches of time. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel for Kevin Lee, man, because it's like he's, it's like he's right there, but like he just can't. He is getting in his own way. Yeah, it's like every time you think he's about to take that, like you see like a glimpse of it, but it never just, he never quite reaches it, and yeah, it's, it sucks, man. It it does suck. Cause he, he was a guy who like at first I remember when he was getting hype like I didn't I didn't really like believe the hype, and then I slowly like started to come around. I was like, all right, I kind of see what people are talking about. This guy is really he. I see the potential. I see what other people are seeing, but it's just it's like it's just not something's just not clicking, and it's it really sucks that he's in this division where like <laughs> it's just not really gonna get easier. It is. This is not the division where you kind of want to be in this situation because you can take as many years off as you want. When you come back, there's a killer waiting for you. Exactly. There's a killer, there's a killer waiting for you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, like, I don't know what you do to fix Lee's game, because, like, a lot of it seems really broken right now. Um, um, 
if this is really it for him for a while, then you know, all, all the more to him. Hope he finds some peace. Eh, sometimes you just need a. Sometimes you might just need a hard reset. I don't know. Yeah. That's 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 what Corona is doing to the world right now. It's just a hard reset. And he can focus just... on Keith. There you go. Be like, you're gonna fix all my problems for me. Yeah, it might work. You have to be the Bellator lightweight champion. <laughs> I gotta go back and watch this fight. I actually didn't didn't get a chance to watch it. I did, and I don't even remember if he won. I think he did. I'm pretty sure. I think he won. I think he won a decision. I want to say. But the Bronx, great win, awesome win. The man looked. He looked really good. Got tagged a couple times, but. Uh, he looked great. He looked great. Really great improvements. He he is headed in the right direction. So shout out to Dubronx, Charles Oliveira. Uh, got the win via guillotine in round three. Moving on to the co-main event. Gilbert Burns versus Damian Maya. Um I was conflicted in this fight. I really like Burns. Maya is just... The OG man, like he, you, you always want to root for Maya because he, he, he still got some left in the tank, a little bit, not a lot, but he, he's still out here putting in work. And <laughs> I like Burns, but I did not, I didn't want to see Maya go out like this. This kind of hurt. Not gonna lie, this uh, if this wasn't Gilbert Burns, I probably would hate whoever did this to Maya. Like if this was somebody else, I'd probably hate him. But it was Burns, so I kind of let it slide, but my feelings still got hurt. Um, it's been a while yeah. since we've seen Maya knocked out like that, hasn't it? Yeah, he hasn't really been knocked out that many times, has he? Uh, obviously, there's the name Marquardt fight, but I can't think of anything beyond that where he, yeah, like he's got... not a guy we really see no, catch, a... like, yeah, for a guy who's touted as like a terrible striker, he, <laughs> yeah, is... he doesn't get knocked out. <laughs> Big at all. Like this is the second time he's ever been knocked out. Yeah, he. And I will. Re- I mean, I will remind everybody that he outboxed Kobe Covington while he had energy. Yes, in round one. <laughs> like he, he boxed the life out of that man. Yeah. If if Damian Maya was about five years younger, he'd have beat the bricks off of Kobe. Um. Yeah, nah. Just for the dude who was a little younger, a little, little faster. He tried to, uh, I think he tried to snap the jab at him and got countered. Yeah, he got countered with a nice left hook over the shoulder. Yeah, and, I mean, to his credit, like, when he went down, I didn't think he was immediately out, because he, he to me, he did look like he still kind of had his wits about him, like, he was looking up, but when he ate those extra, like, four to five shots, <laughs> when Burns followed up, I was like, oh, yeah, no, nah, he's, he's done. He's done. He, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Props to Burns. Yeah, Another great. guy who, like Oliveira, like started off as just kind of like I can strike a little bit, but it's mostly my grappling you need to worry about. And he also, like Oliveira, his striking has gotten so much better over the years. Yep, yep. Um, just like solid. Um, uh, he moved up in weight, and like, well, this was happening down at one fifty-five. Um, he, I remember him giving. Um, Alban Mercier issues on like uh, beating him primarily on the feet. I mean, he had knocked out Jason Sago, Darren. Like, 
he's gotten technically better as time has gone on. And, like, you mix that with a guy. Like, he's not afraid to go to the ground. Um, he's Like, he went to the ground here with Maya. It was not by choice. He got taken down. Right, um, Maya had his back. Like, <laughs> yeah, and what does he do? He calmly gets Maya off his back. Like, that that sequence on the ground, where he's in half guard and, like, Maya's on top of him trying to pass to get to the... Um, trying to pass to get to the side control just wrapping up his legs uh and then again just like shuffling them over his head so that he can go up for like the double leg he did it twice that's, he, that's also how he got him um off his back it's just like some really slick shit like how many people have we seen do that to maya yeah, that's that's a rarity, and that was the moment where I realized, oh, Maya's in trouble. Yeah, because Burns got up. Yes, yeah, that's not gonna go well from here. Yeah, like he didn't panic at all. He didn't make any wrong moves. He he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Um, gives a stud, man. He's he's a stud. Mm-hmm. He he's his his stand at one seventy is going better than I thought it would. Yeah, he's now a top five fighter. Yep. Um, yeah, not, not much to break down in this fight. It didn't last that long, and Maya got, uh, knocked out. <laughs> like, it's not a lot to break down. Neither is the next one, to be honest. Um, well, I was gonna say real quick, before we move on to the rest of this, because the rest of this main card ain't a whole lot to, well, shout out to Ronaldo. he, he, he put in some, well, we'll, we'll get there. But, uh, in regards real quick to the main event and co-main event, um, because I wrote this down in my notes, and I wanted to just bring this to the table. Uh, do you believe, and not saying that it has to happen within like the next year, but do you think either Burns or Oliveira are championship material? Well, it's difficult for Burns because he trains out of um the same gym as Usman, doesn't he? Or is he an ATT guy? I, I can't remember. I want to say ATT, but don't quote me. I could be completely wrong. No, he's a hard knocks guy, so he does train with um, Usman and them. Um, I I think the like what can he beat Kobe Covington? Cause like that's that's the benchmark, right? Like I think he can. Like I I don't know how he does in the five round fight with with a guy who can put that type of pace on. Like I, I I'm confident enough in him getting up when he gets like taken down. And I'm confident enough in him. Like, you know, having the technique to keep Kobe off of him, but can he do it for 25 minutes? Because I'm not sure Mm. if he can knock him out. Mm. Yeah, they they both, (laughs) it's crazy. They're they're both, like, peaking, but they're both in, like, really tough divisions where it's like, bro, like, your your move to the top is just not, it's hard. (laughs) It's, It's just hard, like. Yeah, cause I, I was really thinking about that. Like, are, are either of these two guys? Because they're both really, really good. But could I see either of them like fighting for a title? In in like in the case of um Charles Oliver, I think it's just politics that are going to keep him. Like, same reason Gaethje's not getting a title shot, man. It's just there's yeah. too much limelight and like. Um, politics at the top of that 155 division because you got Khabib whose dad said he's going to retire soon. 
Um, and he's like playing Conor McGregor as Justin Gaethje. You got Tony Ferguson, who's just weird as fuck, and if he wins the title, could just as easily break his leg, like play, like playing like frisbee golf or whatever the next day. Hmm. And, and and then you got Conor McGregor who gets whatever he wants despite fighting in the wrong division. So, <clears throat> and then like he said, if he had to fight Justin Gaethje, I'd pick Gaethje in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, <clears throat> you know what? I'll go out on a limb, and I'll say Oliveira. I think is championship, and I'm not saying. I don't mean materials, and I think they'll win. But just, just if they can even just make it, like if they can just get to a title fight, yeah. um, I'm gonna give Oliveira the nod just because of his age. That at 30 years old, he still has some good years ahead of him. Um, I mean, despite fighting this long in the UFC and despite having some like nasty knockouts behind him, you know, on the low light end, um, he he. He is not taking a lot of damage because he's yeah. a grapple first fighter. It doesn't take a lot of damage. Has been relatively healthy. Um, the only thing that concerns me are, are all those years he's tried to make 145, and even then it's like he stopped when his body told him to stop. Right. So so he got out of it. So I, I'll say Tom is on his side. I, I think he could at least make it to a title shot. I feel like Bur- I feel like if Burns gets a title shot, It'll be one of those things where, well, like you said, obviously we've got the Usman thing, so he won't fight his teammate. But just in a hypothetical, I think if Burns gets a title shot, it'd be one of those things where, like, a fight was supposed to happen and somebody got injured, and he'd be, like, the replacement. I think it'd be, like, one of those things where, like, um, well, how, how Damian Maya got his title fight, like, a month after he had already fought. Joey says hi, by the way. Yo, what up, Joey? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm going I'm to give Oliveira the nod. Burns, I, hmm, I don't know, man, it's hard for Burns. Burns is really good, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I will say, I would love to see Burns versus Masvidal. Hmm. I, I think there's a yeah. lot of fun in that fight. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Burns in that division. There's just fun everywhere, and I think that might be part of the reason why he might not make it <laughs> to a title shot, is because like the fun fights at 170, like they're dangerously fun. Like yeah, like I can see him getting taken out by Ponzinibbio. Yeah, like the fun fights at 170 are like dudes who might kill you. Like or, it's gonna be fun until it ain't fun no more. Right, him, <laughs> Ponzinibbio, um, Wonder Boy. He was still around, by the way. Um, he's still in the yeah. division. Like, and he's still a viable contender for Usman. Um, Neon Edwards. Like, there's a lot crowding at the top of that division. Um, well, so here's a, here's another aspect of it. The UFC still does the yearly pay-per-view card in Brazil, right? Hmm. Um, yeah, they have Jose Aldo... Maybe fighting for the title in the near future. We'll see how that goes um, with the pandemic. Um, but beyond that, it's like Johnny Walker fizzed out. Diego Santos isn't going to be back anytime soon. Um, I, guess, I guess we have Paul Costa to look forward to. Um, 
and I, I hear they're aim, they were aiming at that for the summer. Um, but like, there's not a lot of Brazilian contenders out there right now. Um, you know, we have to see what happens with Davis and Figueiredo if he makes weight the next time we see him. Um, they're apparently running that fight back with Joseph Benavides for the title again. We'll see what happens. Um, but um, I can see one of these guys potentially getting a title fight where, like, they have a guy who's the champion, um, and they just need the car. They just need somebody for Brazil. Um, you have to headline the pay per view. Kind of like what they're doing with Cejudo and Aldo. It's just like you need a guy for Brazil, and I could see Oliveira or Burns being that guy. We'll see. Oh, if y'all keep doing what you're doing, you'll uh, you'll make it there. <laughs> you'll you'll make it there. Uh, so once again, shout out to Gilbert Burns. Uh, I didn't want to see you do that to Damian Maya, but you know it's the fight game. Somebody's uh, somebody's got to not make it, unfortunately. But moving on, and in next, these next couple fights, we ain't got to spend a whole lot of time. We ain't, ain't like they were cool, but it, you know. It, anyway, Hanato Moicano uh, moving up to lightweight, uh, facing off Demir ha- uh, Hasdevic, and what was a <laughs> a weird, <laughs> entertaining finish, I guess, uh, if you want to call it that. Um, I feel like we should preface this by saying every single fight up until this point on the card went to decision. Yes. Yes, it was a long night. <laughs> it was a lot of. I mean, the fights were a good. Lot of, don't get, don't get. It yeah, on. they were. But it just, it was like got another third round. Like, is <laughs> nobody? And it was weird. Like when we got the uh, the the Zaleski dos Santos and Konchenko fight, I was like, oh, somebody's definitely going to sleep. And nobody, nobody went to sleep. It was uh they were wide awake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was no sleeping at all. But um, nah, Moicano that uh, and Hasvik fight only lasted like forty five seconds. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't rewatch this. I don't remember anything that happened before the choke. All I remember Moicano got is, a body lock takedown, took Hasvik's back and then submitted him. That's it. <laughs> and then they got into an argument. <laughs> and then <laughs> well, no, 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 they didn't get into an argument. Moicano started screaming at Hasvik. <laughs> As he was on the ground recovering from getting choked, he says something like, "I I didn't have nothing against you, bro, or something, something." I, something. I, I didn't have anything against you, brother. I wish the fight had went longer. And Hajivik snaps back, then you shouldn't have freaking shouldn't have <laughs> That was the realest reply I've ever heard. He literally told this man, "Like, bro, if you." If you wanted to keep fighting, you just shouldn't have choked me out, and we could have just kept. I can't. Hey, I can't. Solid logic. I can't. <laughs> I guess. I've never heard a uh, post-fight uh, argument like that before. That was a. That was a first. That's one of the best sound clips. It. God, Corona's messing this up, man. Cause. That's a clip for the ages. Well, like, that's legendary to allegedly, me. Allegedly, this prob- This might not have happened. Had there been a crowd, because I, I think it mentioned this in Joey on Tumblr. It was just like Moicano was the most confused man in that entire arena, which admittedly wasn't much, but like because there were only like 
30 people there, but, like, he just looked completely lost. He was cutting promos to the crowd that weren't there. <laughs> he, he was just like, I, I, I just, I fought in front of my home, and the, none of my friends and family are here, and I just had a baby. Like, the question that brought all this up was, like, uh, what was all that arguing about? And it was just like, I just became a father. <laughs> like, how, hey man, how does man, that make sense? The man had a lot of emotions. He just had to get out. He just, you know, he just, he just, he just had to get it out. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, what a fight! Well, not really what a fight. What a post fight. Um, yeah, not not a lot to break down. That was a. Uh, Moicano when uh Demir Hazovic it ended via rear naked choke round one forty four seconds in. Welcome to lightweight, Moicano. There you go. Welcome to lightweight. Uh, I don't know if you plan on having a long stay, but uh, I think this is new division. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, the Demir might be the weakest person you ever fight. I mean, yeah, if like, uh, if freaking uh, what's his name, Brian Ortega's pressure was enough to get to to turn you into a panic wrestler. I can't imagine what happens when you got to face somebody like Khabib. Yeah. It don't get no easier, my friend. But he looked good though. He looked he looked he looked he looked solid. Um so shout out to Moicano. Uh this next fight I don't really want to spend a lot of time on this, man. Um <laughs> <laughs> Nikita Krylov Versus Johnny Walker. Nikita, okay, so Nikita Krylov takes a unanimous decision over Johnny Walker by turning the whole fight into a... He basically he punches himself into the clinch, pushes Johnny Walker up against the cage, and then fights for the takedown for like the majority of the round. That's how he wins, right? So, yeah, whatever. That's that's the fight. That's our breakdown of the fight. Yeah, not there. There wasn't, wasn't a lot to talk about. I, I, I do want to talk about Johnny Walker, though, a, a little bit. So, like the main, uh, like uh, main eventer Kevin Lee, he moved to TriStar for this camp, uh, as he as he's want to do. He moves around between fights to get the best possible training, uh, get different looks. I think TriStar is a god awful camp for him, because Johnny Walker is not a real fighter. Johnny Walker is like, um, like, oh snap! You know, I just thought. Is he like the 205 version of Brandon Thatch? You know what I was going to say? He's like Tim Wakefield. Do you know who Tim Wakefield is? The name sounds familiar. Tim Wakefield was a pitcher for the uh, Boston Red Sox. And I know this from my days when I was actual a, a baseball fan. I was a Yankee fan, not a Red Sox fan. But um, Tim Wakefield was notorious because he had the one pitch, which was the knuckleball. And it's a it's a pitch where you can't read and like you, you just can't read it. You don't know where the ball is going to end up. Catchers have trouble like the pitcher can't really control it. Uh, the catcher, you know, has, has to be trained in being able to catch it. The pitch is a really special pitch, really hard to throw, really hard to hit. Johnny Walker's entire game is that. <laughs> it is good, like. There is no fastball. There is no changeup. There is no curveball. There, there is no. There, there's no glove. 
it is just <laughs> it is just weird faints into whatever works. Sometimes it's a flying knee, sometimes it's an elbow. Like he had there is no there, there's not much method or madness to Johnny Walker's game. He sees something and he reacts to it. Have you ever thrown a jet? No. <laughs> but that it's two oh five and that works. Yeah, that is true. To an extent. Um Jackson uh, I was gonna say Jackson's um Farasahabi does not know what to do with that. He's Johnny Walker is not going to be a jab and clutch fighter. He is not GSP. He is not Roy McDonald. He he doesn't even fucking do the same sport as what those two do. <laughs> he is just he is a wild man who just has to be trained to draw out specific counters. That is all he needs to be uh, trained to do because he's never going to be quote unquote good, but that doesn't mean he can't be effective. He just needs somebody, I think, to get him some. I feel like he his wackiness wouldn't work more if he just had some more fundamentals. And I feel like he'd be able to get by a bit more. Because you can't, you can't have all of the jumping and flying and I'm going to throw a 100 mile an hour spinning, jumping kick or something crazy. You, just, you need some fundamentals to kind of round it out. I say he needs to go the opposite direction. So just lean all the way into just it. Just lean all the way into <laughs> it. Pick up, go train with Michelle Perea. <laughs> just, just see what happens. Or that. Or that. You gotta do one or two. You either gotta rein him in just a smidgen, get him some fundamentals, or or just go, I'm gonna be action mode. Like, I'm just gonna be the movie star fighter. I'm, you know. You gotta, you gotta pick one. Um, hype train uh, exploded. I mean, if we're, I, I've said it ever since Johnny Walker. He's not a real prospect. Like, he's... He's he's two hundred five Michelle Perea. Like maybe one day he'll be good, but it's not gonna be anytime soon. It probably will be after he gets knocked out like five more times. Oh boy! Like sometimes an action fighter is just an action fighter, man. Oh, Nikita stopped all that. He, he shut all the action down. And Nikita yeah. is the true prospect. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Nikita get, getting back in the UFC and then making making the best of the it. The fighting Al Capone. I'm sorry. The mining Al Capone. There you go. There you go. Nikita, the true 205 goat. So, I, I, I think I said it during the fight, too. This was the proper way to win the fight for Nikita Krylov. But it's also the way to make himself a villain. Because we didn't come to Krylov Walker to see a wrestling match. Yeah, no, somebody was supposed to die this fight. Somebody was supposed to flail at the other person, and the other person yeah. would flail back, and we would end up with some type of car wreck. So, I'm very disappointed in him. Yeah, this was the one 205 fight where, like, the head-on collision was supposed to happen, and it just... Yeah, we, we just didn't... We didn't get it. See, now I'm just imagining them both, like, jumping at each other, but, like, hitting each other in the head and just, like, double <laughs> KOing. God, God. 
Uh, next time we see Johnny Walker, he might be on a prelim somewhere. Yeah, no. I don't know. I feel like he's feel like he's still liking. They may throw him on the main card. No, they're gonna throw him on the main card for the rest of his career. They'll find some poor fool in the crowd. Been training for like three days. I mean, that's just two hundred five. They don't give him the MVP treatment. I mean, oh, you lost the fight here. Here's a here's a can. Dude, that's Go, that's uh, entirely what they should have been doing. They should don't treat him like a real fucking fighter. Just throw him cans. And then when he went, when he wins enough in a row, just throw him at like the champion. Just fuck it. <laughs> just see, and see if it works. <laughs> fuck it. See what happens. Bro, if he'd have caught John Jones with them flying knees, ah, <laughs> uh, probably not gonna happen now, man. Nikita, Nikita Krylov, uh, he knocked he knocked the tracks off the hype train. They, I mean, uh, John Jones does need to recover after losing two in a row. Just saying. Just saying. Mm, Talk about it. Talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, we're not over that. Dominic Reyes won that fight, y'all. He 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 won. He won. We won't get to get get a rematch for a while because little little Corona came around, but uh, we're going to remind you guys of that. And I'm going to remind you guys that Weili Zhang is still the champion. That's still a thing too. Zhang game. But shout out to Nikita Krylov. Unanimous decision win over Johnny Walker. Uh, last fight on the card. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I want to acknowledge Francisco Trinaldo, who at 58 years of age beat the bricks off of John Magdessi. Um I don't know what Magdessi's strategy was. Um, it was a lot of him moving backwards and not um, doing a lot. Um, doesn't really win your fights. And uh, Trinaldo put some paws on him. A little bit, a little bit. Trinaldo with his trademark, like, four moves. Hey, man. I mean, <laughs> left hand, right hook, left body kick, left head kick. Works almost hey. every time. <laughs> hey, man. When you've been doing it for 70 years like he has, it's just extremely effective. That's Francisco Trinaldo, man. That man is just crazy old out here still winning fights. He is not 42 or whatever that little ticker thing says he is. He is 55 at least. I mean, let, he, let the man fight. He's got... Oh, no, no, no. No, he's still, he's still got some left. He's still... The, the, the man got step kids to take care of, man. Like, it's... It is what it is. Yeah. Also, that one, oh, yeah, we, that one kid, like, four towns over who he pays child support to but doesn't visit... <laughs> he is like those like that 40 year old guy who can still like probably shun one of the youngins if they try to put a prospect in his face i mean he's done it before like this dude has like a ridiculous record um in the ufc like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. He's got 21 fights in the UFC. And 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Wait, is he 15 and 6 in the UFC? Yeah, bro, he's he's pretty good and, like, pretty consistent. I think he just kind of never got, like, the big win. I mean, he did stop Paul Felder. But that was four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not. 
He was good though, man. He's a he is a very good fighter. That's the old guy on the block you don't want to see. But uh, yeah, shout out to Francisco Trinaldo. Put, put some put some old man hands on uh old John Macdessy. Uh, got the unanimous decision win. That was the main card. It's pretty good, man. Um, you know, Cryo of Walker, notwithstanding. Yeah, you know, yeah, minus that. You can, you can, uh, if you go, if you go to rewatch, you can kind of skip that one. You don't, you don't need to watch that. Rest of this is good though. Like Trinaldo Magdesi, it was cool to just see Trinaldo still just be Trinaldo at 80 years of age. <laughs> uh, the Moicano, the the best post fight exchange ever in history. <laughs> Well, one of the best ones. Um, it hurt to see Maya get knocked out, but on the other hand, like it's, it's good to see Burns kind of continue making his climb at 170. And the main event, you know, Kevin Lee got Kevin Lee, but uh, Dubronx Oliveira is like really coming into his own, and it's, it's really fun to watch. So it was a good main card. Um, weird to watch it in front of an empty crowd, but uh, everybody went out there and performed, man. They did their thing. Um, so that was the main card, uh, prelim spotlight. There were some good prelims, but I can't speak on a lot of them because I missed the first three fights on this card. Uh, so I'm going to give my first prelim shout out. I got to give one of my homie, man. I've been a Brandon Moreno fan for a while. Brandon Moreno versus Juicy Formiga was so fun. Just, just long live Flyway, man. <laughs> this fight... So many transitions and just, just everything. Like, just this fight was just awesome. It was just great. <laughs> it was, it was. We're seeing like a mature Brandon Moreno, which is kind of wild to see, considering just a few years ago this man was, he was fighting all over the place. He was just like a ticking time bomb in there. And now, like he, he's still, you know, he's still like a fun fighter, but he looks just a bit more. Like, he's a little more mature now. He's not as wild, but my God, that fight was amazing. That that was that was like the peak of this card for me. I had so much fun watching that fight. Um, yeah, how was it? Dude, the first round of this fight involved Brandon Moreno getting up kicked in the face. Mm. Getting dropped in the process, <laughs> and Juicy Formiga taking his back. It was like that was like at that point I thought that was like the wildest fucking thing. And then there was the reversal in the second round, Bruh. Where yes, where Formiga ha is in the process of taking um, Moreno's back, standing, and Moreno reaches underneath his leg. To pull him up, and then proceeds to turn into Moran, uh, into Formiga, and then slam him. And what has to be one of the prettiest. That's one of the, I've ever seen. Yeah, that might be one of the best reversals I've ever seen ever. Like, <laughs> and it's like this whole fight was just nothing but just like, I can't believe I just saw that. Like that was the whole fight. It was just so much was going on. It was great, man. Like. It it was a mate. That was that was that fight was awesome. It was just so good. Um, I love watching Brandon Moreno fight. And shout out to Juice Formiga too. Like he he is super slick on the ground, man. He it's really fun to watch. Dude, he's so good and he's so underappreciated. Like 
dude is super like he is like he's not good for final he's just actually good yeah he's just really good he is really good. it was it was i was surprised that Miranda was able to get out of some of those spots that he was in because i think a lot of other guys if they were in those situations for me would have tapped him either. yeah he'd got them out of there. um what was the one sequence um there were two other sequences i really liked so in the third round like, Mar- like Moreno's a dude I really want to see in a five round fight because like he he seems to build over a course of a fight. Like he dropped the first one, the first round here on two cor- uh, scorecards, and uh, you know picked it up in the last two rounds. But like there was a sequence in like the beginning or middle part of the third round where he just lands like a seven piece combination, like just just right and left hands. Um, like he starts the combination, tags uh, Formiga. Formiga tries to counter. Moreno slips and then hits him four more times. Mm. There was another. There was another sequence where um, Formiga's on the bottom in guard. Um, you know, <clears throat> uh, plants. Uh, you know, pushes off on the head, plants his hand to get away. Moreno lets him up and proceeds to head kick him. And Formiga turns that into a takedown, but not before Moreno takes his hands and starts clapping him on both of his ears. <laughs> Man. It is all around amazing fight. Uh, yet, yet another fight that just proves, like, this division has to stay. Moreno's turning into one of the funnest fighters in MMA. Like, must see TV every time. Like, his last... Yeah. Since coming back to UFC, it's just been nothing but fucking just complete chaos, and it's great. And we can't long live. Like, we can't understand how big this win is for him. Yeah, this is like one of those like, oh, you probably you're 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 right next to the title shot. Like, if Figueroa had made way, he'd probably be in the title. Right. Like, yeah, this this was one of those performances because Formiga was a guy who's consistently just been at the top like getting past formiga albeit the, the ufc doesn't hype him or <laughs> like i feel like they treat him like he doesn't exist why is he but, why was this not like the co-main event of this card right like we got krylov and walker <laughs> running around here like moreno and formiga was a main card fight like dude I, no doubt i i am the biggest Ronaldo fan well not the biggest but I, I am a big Trinaldo fan. Dude shouldn't have been the main card over Brandon Moreno. Or Jose no. Formiga. No. No. That, yeah. That fight was... And you know what I was thinking? It, it really sucks. I, I was imagining if there was actually a crowd when this fight was going off, they would have went bananas watching this fight. Oh, absolutely. Because there was just... There was so much happening. Like, there, people would have been... They would have lost their minds watching this fight. I was at home, <laughs> just had my laptop just oohing and eyeing every five seconds because somebody was doing something crazy. What a fight, man. What a fight. But Brandon Moreno got the unanimous decision win. Um, and I'll give my other shout-out. Like I said, I only saw a few of these prelims, so I don't only shout-out what I saw. Uh, I'll take the other big one, I guess. <laughs> shout-out to uh, Amanda. Uh, is it Heboss or Reboss? I have, I don't think I have so. no idea. I'm say he boss. I'm gonna assume the the, the R's and H. Amanda he boss uh, versus uh, uh, defeated Randa Marcos via unanimous decision. Um, 
He boss is becoming somebody I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on now. Um, another fighter who's just really, really fun to watch. A lot of action. A lot of just like she. It just seemed like she's always in go mode. Like she's 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 out there to get it, and I I really just enjoy her fighting style. Um. So she she's definitely somebody at strawweight at women's strawweight. I'm I'm definitely keeping an eye on. So I want to give a definitely give a shout outs to Amanda Hebas. Keep keep an eye on her at strawweight. If if nothing else, she's gonna give you really really great entertaining fights night in and night out. Yes. If if nothing. Yeah, like she like if you didn't watch the fight, she won at 30-26, 30-26, 30-25. Mm. Yeah, just beat the absolute bricks off of Randa Marcos. Um, that was supposed to be Paige Van Zant, and I, I have a feeling that that fight would have gone the exact same way. She either, yeah, she either. Like, <laughs> he boss is that perfect mix of um, athletic and like actual has technical skill. Um, mm. Like we, we saw, we saw it against Mackenzie Dern when she beat the bricks off Mackenzie Dern. Um, yeah, like she, she is top prospect, a top prospect in this division. Um, really, really looking forward to her uh, seeing her again. Um, like, I, I don't even have a lot to say. She just beat the crap out of Random Marcos, like poor Random Marcos. Yeah. Hands, feet, paws, like, all that. Yeah, like <laughs> really poor Random Marcos, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Who, who you want to give uh, your, your, your shout-outs to? Well, well, the Skype thing just is a thing. Oh, no. So, what is that? No, the, the thing in the court, the recorder in the corner just spazzed out on me for a second. Yeah, mine just told me my recording is finished. It is not finished. Well, well the, 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 you're, you're still recording the call. It's fine. Okay. Hopefully. Um... <laughs> Yeah, 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 I'm still here. I'm just reading something, because as we know, the the news does not stop calling coming in. It does not. Any um, quick uh, pre prelim shoutouts? So you took the two I actually saw and cared about. Sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> but um, props to um, Marina Moros and the Myra Myra. Uh, Buenos Silva, uh, which actually won fight of the night. Um, I, 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 it was a neat little scrap. Um, Morose and uh, Silva banged down on the feet for a little bit, but Morose was able to get her down in the first and second round. Uh, Myra bounced back in the third and put a beating on Morose, actually. Um, like, really started putting her combinations together, uh, refused to be taken down. Um, it wasn't enough to bounce back. Morose ended up taking a unanimous decision. Um, 28, uh, 29, 28 across the board. Um, this is Morose's first fight in like over a year, I want to say. Um, she hadn't fought since, yeah, uh, since March 30th last year. I, I, I don't know the reason. I don't know if she got hurt. Uh, yeah, she was hurt. Um, she was supposed to fight August, but got hurt. Um, so yeah, props to her. Um, staying, uh, getting back into it. Um, fighting at women's flyweight, that division needs bodies. Um, so, uh, props to her. Um, you know what? I did not see Dos Santos versus Kuchenko. I tried to watch her earlier today, but I got distracted. Um, 
So I, I can't I, I can't give a um, a breakdown of that, but um, I heard that it, it, it was a little bit of hometown cooking. I can't comment on that. I didn't um, rewatch it, so I, I can't. That that I remember enjoying the fight, but I don't. It was kind of a blur to me. Yeah, kind of a blur. I just go back and watch. I do remember um, Enrique Barzola versus Ronnie Yaya. And it was the most Ronnie Yaya fight <laughs> since the last Ronnie Yaya fight, where Yaya goes out there and dominates on the ground for two rounds, gets super tired, and gets 10 aided in the last round by Barzola. <laughs> and we leave with a draw. <laughs> and we leave with a majority draw, which I'm not mad at. No, I, I wish, uh, you know, it, it happens. I mean, uh, this was Barzola moving down to Bantamway, by the way, um, after uh, receiving what I'm considering his first UFC loss. Oh, wait, no, he lost to Kyle Aguilar. Never mind. Um, I, I forgot about that fight. Um, but, yeah, uh, hopefully the next one's better for uh, the pride of Peru over there. Maybe you start fighting in the second round as opposed to the third. <laughs> oh, man. So those are my two. And just to round it out, because there were only two other fights, um, David Gerard... Uh, God. Fucking... I'm looking at that name, boy. That's, that's a... Gerard... B-V-O-R-A-K. However you pronounce that. David Javorak, I'm, I'm just saying like that, took on Bruno Gustavo da Silva in the flyweight contest, ended up taking a 29-28 across the board. Um, for, uh, this was David's, David, David's first uh, UFC fight, so props to him for getting the win. And Bayam Malaki took a decision over Veronica Macedo um, in what had to be the most comical fight on the card because of the height difference. I'll have to go back and watch that one. So I'm all for a good life. All right. All right. It stops being funny and just starts being like, oh, we're doing this, huh? <laughs> After about like three minutes, but uh, like there's like an eight inch fight difference between the two. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But that was uh, UFC Brasilia. Um, Circumstances aside, no crowd and with everything going on, it was a good card. Um, yeah. Albeit, like you said, a lot of fights did go to decision. So if you do rewatch it, it is a bit of a long watch. But like, majority of the fights were entertaining. So I suggest uh, if you don't go back and you know go go watch Oliver Lee, go watch Burns Maya, uh, go watch <laughs> Wicano and Hasdevic. If nothing for the post fight. Uh, definitely watch uh, Moreno and Formiga. Um, I didn't know the Moreau fight got uh, fight of the night, so definitely I guess go watch that. I might have to go back and, and peep that. I might do that tonight because I ain't got nothing else going on. <laughs> uh, definitely watch the Amanda Hebos fight. Uh, yeah, like, it was a good card. It was a good card. And I mean, listen, man, a lot of y'all, you're on lockdown, or even if you're still working, you ain't going outside. You, you shouldn't be, really. Um, you ain't got nothing but time. Go 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 watch this. You, you ain't doing nothing else. You might as well go go hop on. Go re go rewatch this if you didn't get a chance to catch it. It it, it was a good time. 
It was a good time. You can do like your own chair since there's no crowd. Like you can be the crowd at the house. Just yell at the screen. Um, but no, good times. Good times at UFC Brasilia. Um, okay, so to transition <laughs> off of this card slightly, kind of, sort of. So we're going to slowly move into kind of how this coronavirus has kind of affected the world of combat sports uh, and, you know, specifically the UFC also. A lot of fights kind of in limbo right now. Um, yep, yep. A lot of cards in limbo. Um, actually, the uh, Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris card and the Nganu versus Rosenstruck card, uh, as the last time I saw, were postponed pretty much indefinitely. So, postponed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows when those are going to happen. Uh, UFC London was um a debacle to say the least um yep. we're supposed to be getting that card and then, right like, now yeah like literally right now as we're recording this that card was supposed to be happening and then like it was gonna happen but then like it wasn't gonna happen and dana white was trying to go through all these loopholes like yo we can put it at this arena um yo or... we can Yo, Paul Buren read me, and we get throw it on an Indian reservation. Right. <laughs> like, it was getting it was getting wild out here. And a lot of fighters, man, are getting caught in the crossfire of all this uncertainty. Some of the fights from the UFC London card ended up on a Cage Warriors card. Uh, one of those fights being Darren Stewart versus another gentleman whose name I can't remember, but he beat Darren Stewart. That was the only fight on that card I actually saw. Fabian um, something. Yeah. It, wildness. Like... This, oh, Fabinski. It was Bartos Fabinski. Yeah, he, I think well, he I'm not of, sure he's in the UFC anymore. Well. No, no, he is. He is. I was about to say, if not, <laughs> he'd be, be the UFC guy. But, um, yeah, this this virus has is, is, uh, been wild. And just the way the UFC has handled it has been questionable, to say the least. Um, poor, poor Ashley Evans-Smith. She... I read, read an article about her, like, she was, like, on a plane literally about to fly to London, didn't know what was going on, like, hearing conflicting information. Um, well, actually, you know what, I'll just read her quote. Um, she, she talks about this in a lot, in many different facets. Um, as far as the payment portion, because a lot of these fighters who are getting fights canceled don't know if they're getting paid. They're uh, not. Yeah, yeah, spoiler alert, they're, they're not. If you're in the UFC, definitely you're not, probably not. Uh, shout out to Bellator, who apparently did uh, pay their fighters. Um, yep. Shout out to Scott Coker, did the right thing. Uh, but this is a, a quote from Ashley Evan Smith. I'm reading this from a, a Bloody Elbow article written by Zane Simon. Uh, she said, I haven't heard anything from the UFC, and the UFC has as much money as they have. They're not giving out money left and right for nothing. Uh, I know the Bellator fighters that got compensated, they weighed in, and I'm just hoping that the UFC doesn't do some trickery and say, oh, well, you didn't make weight or you didn't weigh in. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I'm also not going to get my hopes up. I think we deserve that money to say the least, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, let me move on to when she actually talks about uh, the flight she was on. She said, I'm on the flight. I'm literally about to take off, and my manager is like, just stay ready. Evan Smith said, and I'm like, ready, like, don't eat. 
He's like, yeah, they might reschedule the fight in California. And she says, are you serious? I'm already eating. And he's like, we might do a catch weight. So don't worry. Don't stress. I'm like, that's not saying that. <laughs> I'm a bleeper. That's like saying don't effing breathe right now. Don't stress. Don't stress. I, you don't know where I'm going to fight. Where I'm going to fight. Maybe I might fight Saturday. So it, it just basically goes on. There was a whole lot of confusion about Everything. what was going to happen to this card. So, we, I think we, we've talked about the UFC's like communication issues with their fighters before. Where basically there are there is no communication. There'll be guys who are sitting on the shelf for like months, and then find out they get cut on Twitter. Yeah. But by, by not even like a a journalist, but by the UFC removing their um, profile from their website because that's how the UFC lets people know that they've been cut. Um. But I I do have a little timeline here. That is incomplete. I didn't, I, I, I didn't think to do it until the last minute um, before we started recording. But just I, I just want to give everybody like a little scale of like the events that have been going on regarding coronavirus and the UFC. Um, if you're all right with that, Sensei. Hey, man. Go 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 educate the people on the uh, how Dana and them are rolling. <laughs> all right. So, oh, yeah. Um, if you didn't know, everybody probably already knows all right now. Um, a mysterious uh, pneumonia outbreak took place in Wuhan in December, uh, starting around December 2019, that led to a quarantine of the city, which is home of 35 million people. On January 13th, the first case of coronavirus was discovered outside of China in Thailand, um, it, oh, making the the, uh, the, uh, the virus officially international. Um, on January 30th. 2020, uh, the uh, the virus was labeled a public health emergency of international concern by the World Health Organization. On February 17th, one championship announced one King of the Jungle, which would be held on, uh, which would be held on. Um, God, what, what day was that? Was that just February? No, because the. So hold on, let me just get my math right here. Um, I don't remember when that card took place. I think it might have been the 18th. Point being, the card was um, held that was going to be uh, held without fans in response to the coronavirus. Um, hold on, let me check the location of that. I want to say it was in Singapore, where at the time they had like 77 cases. Uh, it was on February 28th. So, 11 days before the card was set to take place, one announced that they would hold the card... Um, in uh in a venue with no audience um the card took place in singapore uh, where there were numerous cases at the time um on march 6 one championship in aries uh postponed their upcoming shows due to the coronavirus the next one event that is currently scheduled uh the the that included canceling a one event that was uh, set for march 20th the next event is set for singapore it's called one championship hope and it's on april 17th there's no word on whether or not that's going to take place. On March 7th, we had UFC 248. Um, that is the card that had the co-main event featuring Wei Li Zhang defending her title against Yuan and Um, As they said in the... As the UFC was aware of in the build-up to the fight, Zhang had to leave China early because of fear that she would not be able to get a visa if the... Uh, uh, the coronavirus continued to spread at the rate it was spreading. Also, it's for her own health. Um, she fled to Thailand, 
where she was supposed to spend two weeks, but her trip was cut short and she had to fly to Vegas early because, again, as I mentioned earlier, a case was reported in Thailand and it had spread there as well. Um, on March 9th, Combat the Americas uh, announced that all their future cards will be held uh, for the foreseeable future will be held in a TV studio. Um, I could not remember the date specifically, but it was either March 10th or March 11th that the NBA came forward and decided to cancel the season after it came out that uh, former Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert, tested positive for coronavirus after he made a nass of himself uh, during the media day the day before. So, uh-huh. go figure. Um, March 11th, a lot of shit goes down. Uh, the World Health Organization declares corona a pandemic. KSW cancels KSW 53. The governor of Brasilia canceled all sporting events in the state, which three days later was set to take uh, to hold uh, was set to have UFC Brasilia. March 13th, Bellator cancels Bellator 241. The day of the event, they did to go forward with paying the entire roster for the card. Um, the UFC also announces that UFC Brasilia will be without fans. I think that was also on March 11th. I'm sorry for not writing that down. Um, UFC Brasilia moves ahead with no audience, March 14th. March 16th, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut order all gyms to close for the foreseeable future at 8, 8 p.m. Uh, after the more uh, after 8 p.m. on that Monday. Other states will soon follow suit. So if you are an MMA fighter, the odds are you are in a state, whether that be New York, California, Florida, um, New Jersey... Uh, Nevada, any of those states, your gym is probably closed at the moment and you are not able to train. Um, after trying, uh, also March 16th, after trying to get the fight moved to somewhere outside of London, Leon Edwards is forced out of his fight with Tyron Woodley at UFC Fight Night London. This is after days and days of the UFC trying, uh, this is after uh, the Trump administration uh, in, decided to include um, the UK and Ireland in their travel band. Uh, they were not originally listed in, in the band, but th- this happened afterwards. Um, the UFC, like I mentioned earlier, the UFC had been toying with the idea of going to a Native American reservation uh, casino and holding the card there, old school Bellator style. Um. That same day, March 16th, the UFC decides to cancel three, uh, po- sorry, postpone three of their upcoming cards, including UFC Fight Night uh, Overeem versus Rosenstruck. Uh, I'm sorry, Overeem versus who was he fighting? Oh, uh, Walt Harris. Walt Harris, uh, Rosenstruck versus Nganu, and Woodley versus uh, Edwards. Um, on March 18th, the New York Athletic Commission came forward to say the UFC 40, uh, 249 will not take place at the Barclay Center. Dana White immediately came out and said the fight will go on. It will happen on um, that day, April 19th, and you better not bet against him. So that's just a little lenient timeline breakdown of what's going on or what's happened in the MMA world over the last two months regarding the virus. Um other organizations started canceling shows as early as February. And they, it really picked up after March uh, 11th when the World Health Organization declared a pandemic. Yep. Uh, so, 
going back to UFC Brasilia really quick, and we talked about Ash Evan Smith in London, but um, on that card was John McDessey, who lives in Canada. He's not, uh, you know, not American, whatever. Um, but John McDessey came out with a story afterwards talking about his experience, uh, about how there was a lot of paranoia going on, about how they did not test for the virus ahead of the card. Yeah, I don't think any of them did. No. In fact, USADA has said they will continue testing UFC athletes during the time of this pandemic. Um but they will not be testing for the coronavirus, which on one hand is understandable. Um, you know, test cases are hard to come by, especially here in the United States. But maybe don't send people to other people's houses. Yeah, this just isn't... <laughs> this is not the time. This is not smart. Like, But um, Magdessi has said that he's been placed on two-week quarantine and is unable to see his doctor for lingering injuries that occurred during the card and during the camp. Which is something he's never had an issue with because, you know, he is Canada. He can just go see the doctor. But the quarantine is raising issues for him. So there's that. Uh, we talked about Ashley Evan Smith. Uh, did we talk? Let me find the article on Random Marcos, who is also facing issues as a, another Canadian. Um, Brandon Marcos. Well, apparently she was denied testing. Yes. It, uh, like I said, you you could be exhibiting symptoms, but if you're not exhibiting all the symptoms, they will deny you testing because testing gets hard to come by. Just made it home. Stopped by the coronavirus testing center. They wouldn't let test me. Long flights with a lot of people. Not feeling great, and I'm a, not a risk. Okay, I guess I'll be home for two weeks. That was her tweet. So the UFC, um, and in all fairness, most of their athletes were down in Brazil prior to the World Health Organization coming out and saying, um, you know, that the, the car, uh, that the uh, the coronavirus was a pandemic. But the UFC allowed the car to go home forward with no testing, and then a week later, we was prepared to do the same situation after they knew that, the, that this was an issue. After they knew that it was going to be a problem at the airports. And if you've been paying attention to the news or even just following along on Twitter at all, you know that the airport has been a mess because of bad messaging that has come out of the White House regarding the European travel ban right now. I saw a picture where they said they were like three-hour waits for people like just trying to get baggage. Yes. Like, it's craziness out there. Uh, we mentioned that none of the fighters coming up on the, any of these cards are probably not getting paid um, in re, in, uh, for um, you know their missed time, their missed opportunity. Um, and unlike you know, and this isn't the um, pocket watch or you know anything like that, but uh, a lot of these MF, MMA fighters, these aren't your. These dudes ain't making the same salaries as your NBA players, your NFL players. But, like, there, there are players in the NFL on the bench who ain't never going to see playtime. Who make more make, money than make, John Jones. Yes, who make way more money. And it's like, these these guys are basically us. They just fight for a living. Most of them. The, the, a vast majority of them. So, 
like them not getting paid on top of this how fighters are treated in general like this is this is not good like th this is really just kind of reckless just you're, and, you're no, I'm sorry but... you know I'm saying like you're, you're just putting you're putting your fighters at risk and then you just gotta think like you're putting people at risk because yeah. one you're putting these fighters on planes who haven't been tested you know, with potentially dozens of other people, and then you got and your fighters. You got to bring your coach, your, your, your corner people. Like it's just coaches, managers. You got um, accommodation people that they interact with, whether it be people at the airport, whether it be people at the hotels they're staying at, the restaurants they're visiting during fight week, the gyms that they have to train at during the week. Uh, if they have to give any media during the week, they're interacting with those people. They're interacting with all the uh, the uh, you know arena crew, and this all of a sudden is, is like, and that's the thing. Um, and I'll, I'll get to Dana White's comments in a second, but like, there, the and, and this is the issue. I said we're not built for community. Um. And media, stop asking fighters about their fucking opinions on this, because most fighters are fucking stupid when it comes to things that aren't fighting. <laughs> so asking Sam Alvey and fucking Paulo Costa for their opinions on the coronavirus and having them say back, oh, it's not that big a deal, or oh, Corona to me is a beer, it's not helpful. Um, and yes, of course, these people are going to say they want to fight. Because fighting is how they make their living, and the UFC, your average UFC fighter fights one point like one four times a year. It's not a lot of money. Mm. But let's just go to Dana's comments. Dana White blasts media criticizing UFC uh, during coronavirus. Weakest, wimpiest people on earth. Dana White's a shithead. Like an out and out shithead. Who is endangering potentially thousands of people because his company is, is so poorly mishandling the money that they make that they can't afford to pay their fighters and they can't afford to miss dates. So, or is it that they don't want to pay them? It's a, it's a little column A, little column B. Uh, one bleeds into the other. So, um, earlier this week, Investigative journalist for Bloody Elbow and The Guardian, Kareem Zidane, came out with an article, Coronavirus Pandemic Sheds Light on Endeavors, Endeavors Mismanagement of UFC Cash Flow. So, I don't know if you know much about Endeavor, Sensei. Um, they've been losing money for, like, the longest time. Because despite being a talent agency, they have their hands in all these other things. And they see themselves as, I, I guess you'd call them a venture capitalist firm? Which is dumb. You manage Hollywood actors like, like you're their agents. That's what you were supposed to do. But they decided to get into the business of owning other businesses. And they've been the, buying up businesses for a few years now. One of them including being the UFC for $4 billion, as we all know. Uh, but <clears throat> last year, they tried, to they tried to go public and open an IPO for their business. This did not go well because it came out all this information about their uh, 
uh, their revenue, their debt, their net losses came out uh, came out and it's and they they spent millions of dollars trying to go build this IPO and like advertise it and get people to invest. I don't remember how much money they wanted, but it was like in the, it was. I want to say it was in like the nine-figure range, ten-figure range. Um, to, you know, hundreds of millions or a billion dollars potentially. Um, but they had to cancel at the last minute because they realized that nobody was going to invest in them. Uh. So I, I'm not totally familiar with how um, stocks and uh, ownership and like dividends work, but apparently this spooked. A lot of the people who have money invested in um, the UFC, which are a lot of celebrities, by the way. Um, Mark Wahlberg has stock in the UFC. Um, like a lot of people who are whose agents work for Endeavor, also like part of their pay. It's this weird setup where, like, you know, um, you know, you, you invest a little bit with us, and we'll give you your money back in spades, like whatever. Yeah. Um, so when the IPO failed. A lot of people got really nervous. Well, the UFC is the one is one of the few products that Endeavor has that actually makes a profit, and they make a big profit. I think last year they made just short of a billion dollars in revenue. Um, that's not pure profit; that's um, revenue that's not including operating costs. But when you take into consideration that the UFC only pays one hundred and fifty million dollars to their athletes a year, yeah, I was going to say it makes sense because <laughs> the revenue share is like. What it like less than twenty percent? It is some. It's like fifteen percent. Yeah, among the, all of the 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 big sports, they are like the worst. Yes. Yes. It's by the far. By, by far. far. Reminder: They get paid something like eight to nine million dollars per card they have on ESPN, whether it be ESPN TV or ESPN Plus. But um, where is it going? Oh, okay. Um, so it scared off a lot of. Uh, it scared a lot of people who have money invested in uh, Endeavor. So what that Endeavor did is they used the UFC to take out a $300 million loan to pay dividends to their investor, uh, to their investors. So like Mark Wahlberg got a cut for like a $500,000. Dana White, Ari Emanuel, um, the other guy who runs Endeavor, they all made over $3 million. Now, I don't need to, t- I, I don't need to tell you about math, but $300 million is double <laughs> what the UFC pays their fighters every year, which is $150 million. Uh. Yeah. Um, so, it, so again, the UFC is very profitable. They, they turn a profit. To the point that Endeavor was able to use them to take out money to pay off the people inside their company or who are invested with, through their company. That cash flow could have gone to paying the fighters. It could have been an emergency uh, fund. And, you know, there's no way to foresee these types of things, though I do think if you are a multi-billion dollar company or multi-million dollar company, you should have a rainy day fund to pay your employees. Regular people have that. Like, (laughs) normal people, me and you, like, (laughs) I have a rainy day fund. It ain't a lot, but thank God I did have it. It didn't get me through this last week. That's what everybody. That's all. That's what all these rich people tell us that we should have money saved up, right? For for when shit goes south. Right, I mean so the like, UFC. So, so when the UFC refuses to cancel cards until the state government steps in and says no, 
there are no events being held in the, our state that are over 25 people gathering. You kind of see why. Because the U.S. Uh, because Endeavor poorly mishandles their funding, um, tries to play the venture capitalist game and fails, and uses the UFC as a piggy bank. And it is, I think it's even worse that I see, like, well, only on social media, but people trying to, like, back up Dana's rhetoric. And it's like, bro, y'all are just, <laughs> y'all are just. Dana White could fucking pay for every freaking fighter on the next three cards who are missing their fights with just the money he got from his dividend last year. It was over $3 million. Dana White received something like 9% of all the profit that comes from every card. Dana White probably has spent more money yambling at the fucking palms in a weekend than it would cost for him to step in and pay his and help pay his fighters. The UFC is a billion-dollar business. Just fucking pay them right <laughs> like it's not <laughs> it's not like they make that much anyway this ain't like the nba where you're paying out you know hundreds of millions and that's just to the people on the bench and we didn't get to the starters like like come on man this is just it's just it's reckless just and now no the uc the uc's now in a position where like If they have to miss dates, because now the like they have a lot of debt, in part because of the dividend, in part because of the way the UFC runs their business, it's always been a loan-heavy business. Um, yeah, there, there there was a point where they were taking like five hundred million dollars a year. Um, but like if they have to miss dates because of the way they poorly miss like, and now you see why we have a card every week. Right, it's because once the money like, once the money stops coming in, shit's the fan. Mm. They can't go. That, that's why they need a constant stream of income. It's infuriating. Yeah, this this is this is just nasty. Like <laughs> this is not. It's just, it's it's reckless beyond. It's not surprising because of Dana. And it's like, this isn't one of those situations where you need to be the tough guy. Like, yo, we're just going to make this happen. Like, no, this isn't one of those situations. You don't get cool points for trying to, like, get through the adversity and try to make this card happen no matter what. Like, no, these people need to be home. Like, they need to be home. For their safety, for everyone's around them safety. Clearly, they're already being affected. You got two fighters who are under quarantine because they potentially have symptoms. I don't know if I read this right. Didn't, like, Donald Cerrone's aunt or somebody, from what I heard, was that true? That she caught it and she died, I think? I did not know that. Um, because of the blah, 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 I haven't seen anything on that, um, but. Hold on. I'm going to Google this real quick. I, I just looked up Don Sorority coronavirus and I didn't find anything. Let me check Twitter. Maybe the journalist who tweeted it out hasn't um hasn't wrote the story yet. 
I could be wrong. But the uh, the point point being, point oh, it's being, Conor McGregor. Oh, McGregor. Okay, not so running. My bad. Wrong person. I know. I know somebody. Somebody uh, had it. Uh, but he clarified that his mother, uh, his aunt, did not die from uh, earlier. From uh, it was just a tabloid thing or a miscommunication. Oh, okay. okay. E- either way, the point still stands. Your, your fighters are clearly already being affected. You got two people who just won your last card in your event that was closed indoors, who could potentially have been exposed to this. And just the whole like logistics of putting together a card, like all the traveling and. Like you alluded to earlier, all, just all the traveling and like contact that you have to do. With with this going around, it's just reckless. It's really reckless. It's not worth the potential harm that it's going to cause. I don't understand, and this ain't even just to the UFC at this point. This, this is to like all of these major corporations, and this is a, a part of a much larger larger conference conversation that we can't have on this podcast because we'd be here forever. Why is it so hard for y'all to just pay people? Like, because that means less money for them. Like, (laughs) I I can't can't stress this enough. Like, like, if you learn anything from this situation, like we, uh, we as a society, and like this goes back to like the UFC fighters. Like, we gotta learn our value. That like. Just because we're not all, like, um, investors and, like, money men, like, that is not where the power lies. Like, this country right now is being held up by nothing but the strength of medical, like, medical care workers. Um, and people work in grocery stores, man. Yeah, the people who work the, uh, the trying to think of what people call a lot of the jobs that people look down on saying that they shouldn't get paid x amount they shouldn't you know get this they shouldn't have these benefits they shouldn't do that these are the people that are keeping this all afloat right now that's what's necessary because the thing if, that the, the thing that keeps the ufc open isn't dana white opening his mouth and shit talking fighters every other week it's people who go out there and like actually put in the work, right? And I, I really hope everybody learns that, like in, in all walks of life. Yeah, at we and we we, we spoke to this in length. <laughs> we could have recorded, but if y'all could have heard the conversation we had beforehand, we we talked about this for a while. If nothing else, and just and just to wrap this up, this whole thing of them continuing events, it's, it shouldn't happen. We should not be getting. I know we love, we want to see our fights. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, you paid us money for Fight Pass. 80,000 fights on Fight Pass. Go. You ain't you ain't seen all of them. Go watch them. Like, go. Like. Go go find something else to watch. This is not the time, man. This is Jack, not. Jack Ray is a top 10 middleweight. He's a fucking elite fighter. He shouldn't have to train in his garage for a fight where he doesn't even know where it's happening. Yeah. Like, this is, like, ridiculous. And I'll say, and this like we, we spoke to this earlier before we started recording. This goes for UFC fighters, fighters in general, uh, workers in general. Uh, when this coronavirus thing, uh, I don't it's going to go away. It's a virus. It's, it's kind of, it's going to be a thing. But eventually life will even out again, I believe. Um, hopefully. Thing, yeah, things will hopefully at some point return back to somewhat of a normalcy. And corona will just be an extra 
little thing that we'll we'll just kind of have to be on the look around uh, lookout for. But uh, when life does get like back to normal, there are a lot of conversations, some very important ones that we are going to start to have. Uh, we we need to have. Um, we can't hold them off no more. And it goes back to what you said about about value. Um, that goes from UFC fighters to to working class people to the, the the guy who's unloading the truck at the grocery store to the cashier to you know to the nurse that's working crazy hours in the hospital. We we gonna have to have some real. <laughs> I've been joking about this with my coworkers, but you know you know the team meetings you be having at work uh, that you really never want to go to because they're never really about anything important. Oh no! Nah, when life gets back to normal, now nah, we need to have a bunch of these team meetings. Um, Without the management, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, <laughs> just I'll just leave it there. We got a lot to talk about. There's some things that need to change. There's a lot of shit to get angry over. Yes, some chairs got to get flipped. Some people might have to get screamed at. There are some changes that are going to need to happen. Um, we're we're really seeing who really is holding what together, um, and we're also seeing the people who are being stepped on, who don't deserve to be stepped on. Right. There are going to be some real important conversations to be had after this is all over. But I guess that's kind of wrap that up. Unless you got anything else to say other than this situation is just really trash, <sighs> and we we don't need any more. Like hold off on all these sporting events, cards. Stop putting people at risk. We gotta. We gotta shut this down. It's not like it's going away forever. It might be for a little bit, you know. But shut it down, and we we're gonna just gonna have to reconvene when we reconvene and kind of get this all figured out. But now is not the time. Yeah. Now is not the time. Um, you know what? Um, um, oh, oh. ah, shit. No, you know what? I'm gonna save it for. Are we still doing shots, uh, shots and shoutouts? Yeah, yeah. All right, because I got a bunch, actually. Um, so, yeah, whatever is next. So, uh, moving on to, uh, I guess, a slightly more, not really uplifting, but <laughs> something non-coronavirus related. Um, my one news piece that I wanted to bring to the table before we uh, close out and get out of here. Um, I thought this was pretty important in, in, in my little MMA bubble. Um, Michael Chandler, uh, mainstay at Bellator, he's been pretty much the face of that company for God knows how long. Like, when you think of Bellator, he is one of the first, if not the first name that you think of. He is um, a natural, he's, I'm not going to say natural, he is, he is a, he is the Bellator fighter. Yeah. In the same way that, like, I don't know, Teal Ortiz was back in the day. The yeah, UFC like, fighter. Like he he's that guy. He is that guy who's holding that flag, who's been waving that flag, who has represented for that company. He's he's And I will say there is no more appropriate um a, a representative of Bellator than Michael Chandler in his weird misshapen career. Right. <laughs> but you know what I've always appreciated Chandler. Um, albeit like, especially the last couple of years of his career has been really, really weird, but I always appreciated him because to me, he represented to me, the guy that proves that like 
the UFC isn't like the end-all, be-all. Like, you can be a successful MMA fighter and never step foot into the UFC. I mean, you can tell him that now. <laughs> but, like, I, I always respected the fact that Be- it, it seemed like, at least from the outside looking in, that Bellator, and, and from this article that I'll read in a little bit, like, they had a great relationship. Like, he was like their company man. He took care of them. They took care of him. You know, eventually things happen the way they happen, and then you know, they split eventually. But it, it doesn't seem like it's like bad blood. But I say that to say that um, Michael Chandler, long time Bellator stay, three time lightweight champion. Um, his last fight on contract is, I believe, against Benson Henderson. But who knows when that's going to happen now? But um, if the timetable works out, um, he is set to be a free agent, I think, in June, and he is going to explore other options. Um, and from the article, PFL. <laughs> I was I was hurt to see that that wasn't one of the options he named. Damn. But it doesn't it it doesn't mean it couldn't happen though. It doesn't mean it couldn't happen. What are the other options? Are there? it's like UFC PFL? Like did he mention well, Ryzen? Well, so so I'm reading uh from Bloody Elbow. This is from Milan Ordonez. Um, so the quote from Michael Chandler is, uh, I think I'm a guy who could go to one championship and finish my trilogy with Eddie Alvarez. Um, he said, or imagine me fighting guys like Justin Gaethje or Dustin Poirier and putting on fights of the year. And he says, I do think I'm the best guy to solve the puzzle of UFC lightweight champion Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, I would love nothing more than to finish my career and retire as a Bellator fighter. And I've told that to Scott Coker, but the simple fact is they have a business to run with checks and balances. And I know my wife and son deserve to be taken care of, and I have a calling in life that may require me, that might require me to go elsewhere. Um, so it seems like he's, you know, he has his eye on the UFC and won. Um, but just the major point is, like, he, he's a, been the staple at Bellator for the longest time. It's put on some classics. His, the first fight with Eddie Alvarez is, that fight was crazy, man. Um, Still the best fight Bellator's ever put at. Probably, yeah. I, I I wouldn't argue. It was crazy watching that fight because I didn't know who Chandler was, and I was a, a big Eddie Alvarez fan. And yeah, I, remember I, ha- I hated yep. Chandler at first. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> I mean, that was the whole thing. We all thought like Eddie Alvarez was just gonna run through him. Yeah. And Chandler, man, he pulled it out. Yeah, yeah. That that's if you guys haven't seen that, man, that is an amazing fight. The 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 craziest fucking thing about that fight. Is that it happened the same day? It kind of got overshadowed because it happened the same day as Hendo Shogun. Hmm. Is it me or does that fight? Now I want to make this a whole tangent. When people make mention like greatest UFC, I don't hear that fight get brought up enough. Um. I, 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 Their fights I think... were wild. <laughs> like, and the thing with the UFC is just it's just like. Um, as your star wanes, so it does like, um, like yeah, the, the 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 magnitude of how good the fight was, I guess. Mm. Um, like the UFC today, um, March twenty first, um, had their um, basically eleven hours of broad, uh, broadcasting today. Um, ESPN from twelve from noon o'clock Eastern time to eleven o'clock aired the best quote unquote the best fights in UFC history. And they were all recent fights. It was like Israel Adesanya versus um, 
Yeah, I saw that. Gaslam. Yeah, Gaslam, they had McGregor Diaz. Like, three um, times. Yeah. By the way, like, they, they did uh, UFC top fights number four through number one. And uh, they had, um, like, uh, what's you call it? Um, DJ versus Hudo 2 up there. Like, Jones versus Gus. Um, you know, all the fights you would expect to be up there. I think I, I just think Hendo versus um, Shogun managed to get up there. Um, I could that be wrong be. about that. Yeah, that, that was a wild. But like, crazy. yeah, but like, I, I think there's a big recency bias when it comes to MMA that you don't see in like boxing, hmm. um, because like, er, er, like, boxing fans is just like, you know, the even if they're just naming like, I don't know, um, Hagler versus Hearns, that's still a fight that happened like 40 years ago, 30, 40 right. years ago. Like everything in MMA is so recent. So, uh, it, but, uh, it takes it takes a little bit of time. But uh, so I'll just say for Chandler, um, if he is set to leave Bellator, um, where would you like to see him go, and what are some fights you you would like to see him involved in? I would like to see him in PFL because I think the UFC would chew him up and spit him out to make a point. Because I think that's what they do. Um, I think they like. Michael Chandler is a top fifteen lightweight still, but I don't think he's in his prime anymore. I think a lot of his, I think a lot of his game has been based around like a, a little bit like Kevin Lee, just being like a really superior athlete. Um, and if we're being honest, he is a, he he is a big one forty five er, not a, actual yeah, not a one fifty five er, yeah. Um, so I, I'd really just like to see him win a lot of money. Uh, and bounce. Um, well, like he does PFL for like a year, and then he gets to do whatever he wants again. But um, I, I, I'd like to see him go fight in one. I, I just want to see that what uh, that division, those divisions fill up more because like one is like they have they have some good fighters at lightweight, but it's like oh, you have Demetrius Johnson at flyweight, but like who else do you have? Who who's he fighting? Who's Eddie Alvarez fighting? Um, and don't get me wrong, he already lost. We already know that there are guys who can compete with the Alvarez and won. But it's like, you, you want to see a little bit more um, name value, outside name value, come in and give some of those guys um, a little bit more credit, I guess. Um, I mean, wherever he goes, he'll go and he'll have entertaining fights because he's Michael Chandler and, you know, Michael Chandler's an entertaining fighter when he gets in there with somebody who he can't just lay on for five rounds. Um it would be really fucked up if he signed with one and they made him fight like Will Brooks. <laughs> oh my god! Bare knuckle boxing. No, 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 no. That is not an option, sir. Absolutely, dude. They got an Olympic bronze medalist to do bare knuckle boxing. You think they can't get Michael Chandler? He ain't a gold medalist. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, no. He hasn't hit that stage of his career yet. Nah, nah, nah. He's not there. I ain't gonna let you do that to Chandler. He's not there yet. He's not in his prime anymore. But he's not. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, he ain't there yet. They start cutting them six-figure checks. You never know what he do. <laughs> oh man! Please, Chandler, don't don't do that. Don't do whatever you want, Chandler. But do the thing I want you to do. <laughs> um. 
I don't know. I'm really interested to see where he does go. Um, I'm not mad at the one championship or the or, or the PFL route. Um, obviously, with PFL, you get a chance to win a mil. Uh, you know, I'm down for a Michael Chandler versus Natan Schultz. Uh, <laughs> if if we can get that, he, he might end up running into Marcin Held again. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like either of those are good options. Um, in a perfect world, I think I I would like to see him in one. I feel like just somehow it would be a fun. Even well, though I just, don't, it just feels like he fits there better, you know. Yeah, like I feel like one for some reason, like it, like he. I think he would be really accepted over there. I think, yeah, like, it just, it seems like it would just fit. Albeit, I don't know who exactly he would fight. You know, obviously, you got, you're going to have to do the Alvarez fight again. You would have to. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they could find some entertaining fights for him. I'll, I'll trust one that they'll, it might not be anybody I know or I'm, <laughs> I'm familiar with. But, like, I, I feel like at this stage in his career, like, the man is a three-time champ. I'm not necessarily looking for him from this point out to be in like a ton of blockbuster fights, even though he is Michael Chandler. Um, I don't want to see him fight. I just want to see him just be active. Um, I mean, the, the I, I will say the fight I would most like to see is that Eddie Alvarez trilogy. Yeah, we gotta close that out. We gotta. I'm all for for rubber matches, and yeah, we gotta. You gotta close that out. Yeah, I just, I just feel like one championship is just a good, a good, just a good fit for him. So if I had to pick, I would, I would say one. But if I was him, I'd go to PFL. Go, uh, go get that meal, bro. <laughs> go, uh, go chase. And, and with the tournament format, I think he would work well because he actually is a guy who gets finishes. So he'll, he'll do well in their little playoff system thing they got going on. Um... We'll see. We'll see. Well, hold up. He, um, also, I would say, because he, um, he caught the 45 to fight. What's his name, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Patricio came no. up. Patricio came up. Patricio came up, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. never mind. Because I was going to say you could potentially go to featherweight, and that might open up a couple more options for you, either in PFL or in one. But, um... I don't know. That could be interesting. Maybe some people in PFL would go up chance to fight him. I don't know if anybody's foaming at the mouth for a Lance Palmer <laughs> Michael Chandler fight, but you Is know. Lance Palmer a 55-er? No, he's 45. Okay. He's just a really stocky... I mean, they're, ba- they're basically built the same. So. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're built kind of the same. But uh, I, I would like to see him in one. I, I, that's the option I would most like to see, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on him. I'm really interested to see where he goes. He's, um... Been one of those guys. I hope it, it just sucks in this whole like people treat guys like if you're not in the UFC, then you're just kind of a nobody. But I I, I don't want him to be somebody who's who gets forgotten because I I think he to me he does hold like a uh an important place in this sport as one of those guys who outside of the UFC still saw major success. Uh, uh, he was. Oh, whatever. So you you wanted me to remind you that about your uh, call out today. Um, when you get to it, I have news regarding that. 
Oh, hold up, hold up. I saw something about them earlier. No, yeah, I was just gonna say, uh like Chandler to me represents uh an important part of this sport. Let's like to to me I, I do I just looked at him as like I said, I looked at him as that guy who kinda showed that you can still not be in the UFC and still have a very successful career. Like he was in commercials, he was a champ. He was somebody who was well respected. He's got a lifetime membership to Dave and Buster's. Yeah, and it, bruh, who who in the <laughs> UFC got that? Exactly. You can't go there and get the chicken and waffle sliders for the rest of your life. You got to pay. Did they got those? Yeah, you you never had them. They're good man. Uh, <laughs> they come with like um, they come with uh tater tots. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. Probably a little overpriced, but it's Dave and Buster's. So you know what what you gonna do? But um, man. Yeah, shout out to Michael Chandler though. Um, I'm looking forward. Well wishes to wherever he lands, um, and I hope we still get to see the Benson Henderson fight. I hope we still get that. But a little, little Corona running around messing the game up. So who knows if that'll happen? But uh, best of luck to uh, Michael Chandler in his future. Um, looking forward to see where he goes. Um, that's pretty much it. That is pretty much all I have for today's episode. Like I said, this was kind of on the whim we didn't really plan for this but like i said i figured just people would be stranded sure. stuck in the house no ad shut up i hope you guys didn't hear that you but think of us as a uh, stop sorry <laughs> but <laughs> uh, you know I, I know a lot of people stuck in the house maybe want some content if i can deliver some content figure why not so uh it's the episode for you guys but we're not done yet let's go ahead and uh get to fight recommendations um i actually did manage to get one um my fight recommendation is a fight that i search for youtube on youtube every so often and it wasn't there until let me make sure this is still here um this is a fight that i actually thoroughly enjoyed the first time i saw it I actually went, I remember going over my uh saw some only day blind. i went over to his house to watch this um and it also not I don't think it was as good as the Shogun Hendo uh, fight, but to me, another one of those kind of wild fights that I feel like kind of gets lost in the, the, uh, just gets lost in the mix. It might not be an all-time great fight, but it was still just a really good, if you just want something really fun and violent to watch, uh, my fight recommendation is Brian Stan versus Vanderlei Silva. Hey. Um, this fight wasn't on YouTube for the longest time. Um, it is on YouTube now. It ain't on the UFC's channel. Don't tell me I told you that. But uh, <laughs> but it's up there now. If you search it, you can find it. It is there. I searched it and I found it and I rewatched it and I had myself a great time. Um, if you never saw it, man, Vanderlei Silva versus Brian Stan. It's just a, a fun back and forth, just kind of rock 'em sock 'em fight. They both get dropped multiple times. It's a lot of hands being thrown. Uh, it ain't a whole lot of defense. <laughs> it's just, it, it's what you would think a Vanderlei Silva and Brian Stan fight would be. Um, just lots of fun violence, and it ends in a, a nice, epic fashion. It was a really good time, man. It's a really fun fight. Kind of one of those fights I feel like just kind of gets lost in the sauce when we talk about really great UFC fights. Um, like I said, it's not an all-time great, but I think it's I think it's one of the more like underrated, just great scraps that I don't hear really get mentioned a whole lot it's because um, so everybody's still mad that brian stan left us with like dc and dominic cruz 
Hey man, he had to do what he had to do. But um, nah, man, this is like I said, it's on YouTube now. So if you never saw it, man, uh, is that fight considered like old school now? When was it? Like 2013. When did this fight happen? Cause I, cause that was on like UFC when it was on like Fuel, I think. That yeah, was this the... was UFC on Fuel Eight. Yeah, this was 2013. Yeah. So I guess this is kind of leaning into that old school, like ter- pre, you know, pre Reebok back when you could be, you know, wear your personality on your on your shorts. Um, you mean back when Vanderlei Silva was still old? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, nah, man, great. It's a really great fight. Really fun time. So go watch. That's my fight recommendation. Uh, Vanderlei Silva. Versus Brian Stams, a great time. All right, so um, I've been doing nothing but posting fights this week, but um, it was actually the 30th anniversary of this fight on Tuesday, March 17th. Um, March 17th, 1990, we got the first in a couple. Uh, uh, I want to say two, yeah, two fights between Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. and Meldrick Taylor. Um, Ring Magazine's Fight of the Year for 1990. It's a legendary fight, um, uh, a come-from-behind victory. Um, I, mean, I won't give a spoilers away for who won it, though. Uh, I'm, I'm sure most people will pick one of the two fighters, um, even if you've never seen the fight before. But if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It is a tremendous fight. Um, absolutely great stuff. A lot of action. Legendary boxers. Uh, yeah, go, go give it a watch. Fun. Fun, fun and like I said, a lot of y'all on lockdown. You probably need some uh, some entertainment. We're giving you homework. Yeah. So uh, the beauty of being a boxing fan from like old school boxing is that like if it's on a tape somewhere, it's probably up on YouTube and no one's gonna stop. Like no one's gonna take it down. Cause, like, I wish the UFC was like that, man. It's so really MMA. There are a lot of old MMA fights that are so hard to just. You have to get Fight Pass and then use their terrible search engine to find. Right. <laughs> I found right. a couple of good ones. I found a, uh, actually another fight um, that I'll recommend, though. Not for the fight, so much for the story. Um, Hicks and Gracie versus uh, Yuki Nakai in um, Valley to the Japan 95, I want to say it was. Um, so uh, I'm sure everybody well, knows what Valley to the at home. Uh, and um, I'm sure uh, some of the people who listen to this are, are familiar with Valley to the Japan, uh, which was a one-night tournament um, held back in uh, the 90s, the mid to late 90s, uh, featuring some of you know, the biggest stars in Japanese MMA and uh, whoever they could get from everywhere else. Um, so Yuki Nakai made it all the way to the finals despite being the smallest fighter in the entire tournament. Um, God, he fought um, the WWE, WCW wrestler, um, Sergeant, what's his face, Colonel, no, 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 um, <laughs> but he was also an amateur wrestler, but I can't remember his name off the top of my head, um, but he fought um, Gegard Gardo, uh, the dude from UFC 1, who made it to the finals and lost, or was it UFC 2, I don't even remember, okay, I have Twitter. Um, Blah blah blah. 
Yukinaka, a wrestler during his youth, he picked up catch wrestling under Satoru Sayama, the founder of Shudo, um, and jumped headfirst into Shudo. Uh, he was 7-1-1 uh, when he won the Shudo welterweight uh, title before entering the tournament. Uh, he was the smallest dude in the division. Uh, the tournament. His first opponent was UFC one finalist Gerard Gordou, who gouged at Nakai's eye multiple times in the fight. It was so bad that Nakai would be rendered permanently blind in that eye. Um, but he went on to fight. Nakai would still manage to heel hook him a, uh, a half hour into the fight and advance to the next round. And yes, I said a half hour. Um, it, it, yeah. It, it, I, they went until somebody got stopped. Yeah, they <laughs> went until somebody got stopped. Basically, yeah. you either got knocked out, you, you submitted, or you gave up. Whatever. Um, his next opponent would be Craig Pittman, a man who had over a hundred pounds on him. He would go on to submit him as well, um, but not before taking a lot of damage and getting crappy out. Um, so he made it all the way to the finals before losing to Hicks and Gracie. But it's still one of the exemplary stories in this sport of just fortitude and technique winning out mixed with toughness um but now i guess hicks and gracie it's that gracie magic huh. yeah so um you know it, 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 go go watch some old school there, there is some old school stuff on youtube some not a lot yeah, go back to like the '90s. Go watch some Igor Vovchenko and um, highlights or whatever. There you go. Yeah, that's your homework. Go watch that to knock the shit out of Andrewovsky, <laughs> <laughs> and then become a Nazi. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's your that's your homework for the week. Uh, but not nah, man. Uh, those are our five recommendations. All right, man. Before we get out of here, as always, we got we got to do the pardon shots and shout outs. Um, real quick, once again, before I get to my shot, <laughs> let me be positive for a little bit. Once again, just mm. shout outs to all the workers out there, everybody out there working retail, uh, keeping our keep keeping the grocery store stock, cashiers, uh, all the nurses, hospital workers, janitors, just all the real, just real blue collar, just hard working people who are really just kind of holding this all together right now. Uh, big, big shout outs to you guys. Um, um, and real quick, shout outs to the, the, I don't got them by name. Shout outs to the companies who are paying their employees in this time. Uh, shout outs to some of the NBA players who are, that's another thing I forgot to mention. Uh, shout outs to the NBA players who are paying like, the workers of the arena, even though the owners were like billionaires. Literally, literally all of them are billionaires. Yes, and they aren't doing anything. Except for like Mark Cuban, who I hate. But Sh shot, also <laughs> fucking shots at um Jeff Bezos for for having like for telling the whole food workers that they have to share like personal time. Yeah. So they can get off from work. Yeah. Trash. Super trash. But, like I said, I'll, I'll keep it positive because that could go a whole other discussion. But just shout-outs to all the hard-working people, man. We're really just out here, nose to the ground, still still working and all the craziness and really holding us all together. <clears throat> uh, wish you guys the best, man. We we appreciate what you do. Uh, and like I said, when uh when this is all over, we get back to normal, just get the banging and flipping some tables over. We got some... uh. <laughs> 
got some conversations to be had. But um, so that's my shout out. Uh, parting shot. Um, mm, 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 mm. GameStop. Oh, GameStop. Oh, GameStop. Now, see the latest is they tried to retract this, but y'all are still catching the shot. Still unloading the clip. Y'all still got to get it. Uh, so we all know GameStop if you don't. It's your local uh, neighborhood uh, store where you go buy video games and, and things of that nature. Uh, albeit it is a place of entertainment. It's a place that I go to to buy my games and such uh, most of the time. Uh, but in the midst of a virus outbreak, uh, probably not a place that needs to stay open, but don't tell them that. Um, there are so many stories you can hear about GameStop workers being mistreated, and there's a reason that they had to bring in the homie Reggie from Nintendo and a bunch of other people to their board of directors to try to figure out something to do to keep them from going under. Not a good chance to come on, Reggie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> Reggie, I don't know what you gotten into, bro, because this... Articles like this are why they had to bring Reggie in, because this is terrible. Um, so we all know the virus is going around, and a bunch of uh, uh, you know, non-essential places are either being ordered to close down or just um, being encouraged to close down to stop the spread of the virus, so on and so forth, uh, so forth. But GameStop, uh, as of a few days ago, before they tried to retract this, um, they said that they should be open because they're essential. Damn. And I'm reading from this <laughs> article. Uh, I'm reading on CNN. This is written by Shannon Liao. Um, article states, <laughs> the company argues it is essential, quote-unquote, because it offers mice and keyboards that could help people work from home. GameStop told Wait, CNN Business Wait, what? in a state... Wait, what? <laughs> 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 they literally just said... Because people are going to be bored and they need stuff to do. That would be more essential than what they just said. Yes, they said because they offer mice and keyboards that can help people work from home. Uh, GameStop told CNN Business in a statement that, quote, we are one of many providers of these products and that are remaining open at this time. Uh, do uh, Eight current employees told CNN Business that GameStop is keeping their stores open <laughs> to profit off of a video game shopping spree during a global pandemic. Uh, they allude to Doom Eternal and um, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which uh, both of those just dropped. And I believe GameStop dropped Doom Eternal um, a day early. Um, <laughs> several current employees told CNN Business that only select shops carry the kind of equipment that can help people work from home. GameStop primarily carries... Higher-end PC gaming accessories, not the more affordable and simpler tools that are more suitable that are more suitable for office work. Um, hold up, where where is the the other part of this? Ah, hold up, hold up, hold up, y'all. It got worse. Um, mm. uh, there was a part in this article that said something about what they should do if they encounter a police officer. They should just stay open. They should refuse to close. That was what, that's what it was. Uh, why can I not find it? There was something in this article. I'm mad I can't find the, the paragraph now. But there was something in this article that said uh, 
GameStop was instructing like its employees that if an officer tried to tell shut. them to shut the store down, to give them a number to like, the manager. <laughs> um, oh, here, here it goes. Here it goes. Here it goes. Um, uh, GameStop sent out an internal memo uh, Thursday to store leaders and other employees saying that it believed its store should be classified as an essential business and remain open during the global pandemic. It told employees in a letter viewed by CNN Business that they should direct law enforcement to call a corporate number if they tried to enforce store closures. So GameStop was giving them like a customer service number. Like, yeah, y'all can't shut this down. You got to go talk to Bob. He going to tell you why we need to stay open. Yeah. That's what GameStop was doing. Um, I feel like it's worth, I have to say, I bought a Nintendo Switch from GameStop. Um, literally the last Nintendo Switch in North Jersey. Um, hmm. Um, like the Sunday before everything went south. So like last Sunday, I literally drove around to like eight different stores looking for it. It was the last one in their store. I swear to God. Um, but I, I have an update for you for, from, for, from GameStop. Oh, I have it. I have pulled up. Oh, you have it? Oh, go for it. Oh, yeah, I got that too. Yep, yep, yep. yep go, go, for so, it, go for it. Game GameStop since then, they had, they had to walk some of this back because <laughs> they were wilding out. Uh, so this was written, is this today? Yes. What's today? 21st? Okay, yeah, this was written today. Uh, written at 8, 12, oh, so this was written like an hour ago. Uh, so it says, GameStop is temporary, temporarily closing all its U.S.-based retail locations and moving to delivery only starting March 22nd, which as of this recording would be tomorrow, uh, on Sunday. Uh, it's an abrupt reversal for the company, which just a few days ago was defending its decision to keep its stores open, as we just read to you guys. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, I think it mentioned something about they are going to do uh, Sherman. Uh, the CEO, what's his general name? George Sherman, CEO of GameStop, uh, said that GameStop will provide 80 hours of extra paid time off for eligible employees, while employees not eligible for the additional PTO will receive two weeks of extra pay. Um, so they're moving to delivery only and processing orders at a digital only basis. But, um, it, debacles like this among a ton of other things that you could read on your own time. Um, there's a reason they had to bring uh, old, old Reggie over <laughs> and a bunch of other people. So you, you mentioned the update, but you didn't mention part of the reason why we got to this point. It's a very important reason. Oh, so. Do you know who um, Tom Wolf is? I know that name. He's the governor of Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah, I definitely know the name. So, um, GameStop refused to close. Uh, Pennsylvania went under, you know, order only essential businesses to stay open. GameStop refused to close. So, um, Tom Wolf pulled GameStop's business license. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Until other, uh, I'm reading the sign that they have on their door. Is do not remove the sign. Notice of closure. Notice is hereby given that as of this date, uh, the the date of this operating permit license of name of establishment, GameStop is immediately suspended until further notice. Until otherwise notified, do not enter location without proper protective attire, including an N95 respirator mask. Hmm. GameStop fought the law and the law won. 
That's crazy. Uh, they can just pull your car like that. Yeah, yeah, no, y'all can't. No. I mean, <laughs> just no. I mean, it's absolute. It's absolutely a thing. Mm-mm-mm. It's absolutely. Ugh. So, like GameStop has been trying to sell forever, and they can't because nobody's dumb enough to buy a retail gaming store anymore from them. Because GameStop's in, like, I, I, so when you actually buy a new game from GameStop, I want to say, like, the, the split is, like, they get $3 from it. Like, so if you buy a $60 game, they get, like, $3 from the entire deal. Um, where they really make their money is, is used games. So GameStop is ostensibly a used game store because they don't have to pay anybody. So when you why they're always having those deals, buy two get one free. It's it's why they only it's it's why they only um give you store credit, and it's only it's why they only give you like two dollars in store credit. It's because when you trade in a game, um, incentivizes you to spend money on a used game. So, you know, take uh. And with digital on like online downloading just being so much easier, um, you know, they're, they're really hurting for business nowadays. So I kind of get why uh, their numbers have probably skyrocketed in the last week from um, like a boom in sales. Just people being like, I'm not going to have anything to do. Might as well go buy that new game. Right. I mean, I did it. I can't I, I can't say I did it. I did it. I now have a switch that I didn't have a week ago. Welcome to the family. <laughs> so it's it's understandable, I guess. But yeah, I know you're not an essential business, GameStop. The internet exists. Yeah, go on. You can just pirate Doom Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, that's all I have for my part. Shots and shoutouts. What, what, what you got before we get out of here? All right, so. Not so much a shout out, not so much a shot, or definitely not a shot, but uh, so much as a um, a call. Um, so I, I'm not sure when this whole situation is going to end. No one is. We're we're all kind of just you know walking blind uh, in the dark here. But it's already hurt a lot of people. Uh, people have been losing their jobs. Uh, unemployment expected to rise up to 20%, if not higher. Um, a lot of small businesses are hurt. Um, I, I went to the local comic book store the other day, or yesterday, just to, you know, I, I felt something was coming, so I, I went and bought some stuff before they closed down, um, try to get them some, a little bit of money. Um, so, first off, if you have, like, if you're ordering out and you know your local spot's open, Order from your local spot. Don't go to your, like, your chain or whatever. Um, you know, the, those people are going to be hurting a lot. Those like they're the people whose businesses are going to be hurting. Like, throw them a bone if you if you can. Um, you know, keep the money flowing. That's what that that's that that's the thing. No, that's the thing. If money stops flowing, like everybody gets hurt. Um, there's that. But like like I said, people have already lost their jobs. Um, uh, we're combat sports guys. Um, neither neither one of us train trains. 
Um, but like you know, we have appreciation for like you know the people who do train the fighters that we do enjoy watching. Um, and like a lot, like every gym in the country is basically closed at the moment. Um, and there were a couple dudes um, who follow me on Tumblr who are currently just sitting at home who are out of work because they can't do their job because you know every, everything's on lockdown. So um, first up. I, I want to give them a little shout out. They're trying to do some stuff um, from home to, you know, drum up a little business. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just throw their information out there in case anybody wants to hear. Um, so this is uh, the homie Dr. Grayson from Tumblr. That's Dr. Dash Grayson. Uh, name is James. Um, he is a third degree black slash and uh, Jun Fan Gung Fu. A black sash and wind chung kung fu, a silver glove in boxe francais savate, a blue belt in Brazilian jiu jitsu, a purple belt level six in combat submission wrestling. He's been he has over ten years of martial arts experience. He's been teaching for six years, and he's offering personalized home workouts and video sessions for martial arts training. His name is James P. Uh, you can hit you can find him through his email, the Tao of JK, uh, JKD at gmail dot com. Um, you can find him on Instagram at JP underscore um, Komodo, K-O-M-O-D-O. Um, and he's at 10 slots open if you want to you know, ask him about either personal workouts or um, martial arts instruction from home or video call. Give him a shout out yeah, if you're interested. Um, I got one other dude uh, who's doing something a little different. So um, Mixed Martial Lee. On Tumblr, Marshall Lee Vegan Roundhouse Kicks on um, YouTube. Another dude, he's a prof- he, he's a MMA coach. His gym closed, sitting around at home. So he's putting together uh, workout videos uh, for um, folks to train to at home. Um, so I'm looking at one now. It's 20 minute kickboxing audio workout, seven by two, uh, seven rounds by two minutes with one minute breaks. Um, if you know, you're somebody who has access to a heavy bag, um, access to a training partner to do drills with. You know, go throw on one of his videos and follow the instruction. Go give him a follow, uh, uh, subscribe to him on YouTube, Marshall Lee Dash Vegan Roundhouse Kicks. Um, you know, you know try, try to support uh, in these tough times. So, right, there's that. And now I have a shot. K1, K1. K1 Fiesta is happening. It might be happening. It's happening either this week or today or Tuesday. I can't remember. Kickboxing is weird because it happens during the week. Um, But K1, uh, hold up. I'm going to pull it up right here. It's in Japanese, but. K-1 was ordered by the Japanese minister uh, in overseeing actions against corona epidemic to refrain from holding K-Fiesta or K-Festa 3. K-1 will be moving ahead with the card regardless. Uh. The fuck, K-1? Like, I I don't know what the situation is, is in Japan right now, but like, this ain't worth it. So they have a whole crowd. They have crowd. As far as I know. You. Yikes. Uh, 
Yeah, so... Yo, okay, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like... Oh my god, it's so gross. So fucking gross. Yeah. Oh, and while I'm here, shots at Cage Warriors. Because <laughs> we talked about that, we gave them a little mention earlier. Like... Well, have you heard about the UK's containment um, policy regarding uh, coronavirus? I don't know, but I'm assuming because I feel like nobody's is good. <laughs> so I'm assuming there's probably ain't much different. So there's is very different, in fact. Um, so their initial response to the uh, to the outbreak was that, well, what we're going to do is we're going to create herd immunity by letting everybody get it, and everybody who gets it um, who doesn't live. Uh, won't pass on their genes, so we'll all eventually just be immune to it. That was basically it. Yikes. Yeah. No, they were just like, we're just going to let people die. Uh, I, th- I think they started walking back on that a little bit. Um, I-, I think they closed gyms in the uh, country today, or yesterday. Uh, I don't recall. I'm sure we have a UK listener who will correct me on everything I'm saying, but um, Cage Warriors went ahead with their card yesterday. Um Cage Warriors 133. Um, and they had a crowd and everything, if I remember correctly. Did, I, I, did they have a crowd? Yeah, I don't think they had a crowd. Okay. But, yeah, no, yeah, I think it was a closed doors event. But it, I didn't see the car, but I, I, I saw the main event, and when they were bleeding on each other, I was like, ugh. Worth noting, they did, also did not test for the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The concerns, uh, blah, 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 tests. Concerns that anybody else in close proximity and potential quarantine for post-fight to limit spreading of the disease. Yeah, no, none of that. Um, so, uh, yeah. Fuck you guys. Fuck you, Boylan. Like, what, what are you doing, Boylan? Um, so, yeah, that happened. I feel like I had another shot, but like I'm, I mean, you know, shots at Dana White and the UFC brass and Endeavor and all those people. Yeah, not not the time, man, to be trying to. Everybody stay home. <laughs> this is really easy. So don't do anything. Go get your essentials. Go back home. Play video games, really? watch some movies, do some push-ups or whatever. I don't know, like read a book. Work on that home project that you always wanted to get started, but like you just never had the time. All right, read all those books, do some push-ups. You can work. You can work out at home. You don't need a gym. Mm-hmm. If you got a little corner of your room, you can bust some push-ups. Um, be fine. I don't know, call people. Like if you want to, like if you want, you can't hang out with your friends. Doesn't mean you can't talk to them. Yeah, I I ain't trying to encourage no bad behavior, but uh, the, the DMs can be jumping right now. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just can't nobody go nowhere. <laughs> if you if you ever wanted to take that risk and send that text, you trying to shoot a shot? So uh, I mean, I feel like our response would be, I would, but I'm on quarantine right now. Yeah, but at least you had an answer. You know, you <laughs> I don't know. You know, good time to communicate with people. Ain't nobody got nothing to do. I've seen a lot of people online who don't normally be people. I've talked to a couple people I ain't talked to in a while. You know, hey, man, it's time to communicate. 
go, go out there and uh go go, go mingle go, go mingle in social media with some people i think people are a little more receptive now they don't they don't got nobody to talk to <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> but, <laughs> you got options man that's 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 the moral of the story you got options you might be home, but it's not the end of the world, man. Uh, call your grandparents. Check in on them. Make, make sure yeah, they're man. Right. Check, check, checking on your peoples. Make sure your peoples are good. Checking on your friends, your family. You know, shoot some shots. Do some push-ups. Read some books. Uh, if you're a gamer like me, this is the perfect time. Get to cleaning out that backlog. All them games you didn't beat uh, back from like 2015. Yeah, go beat them. Go, go clean that backlog up. Um, we're running long on time. We had this was actually a really long episode. Hey, we got it. <laughs> We got a lot out. But I think that's good for y'all. I hope it's good for y'all. Um, like I said, I know a lot of podcasters I, I follow haven't been able to record because they're in studios and studios shut down and it's a lot going on. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, man. Um, and be on the lookout. I'm not going to say anything yet because this isn't official, but we have some other ideas of other kinds of content and things that we may do in the upcoming week. Just got to test some things out, so on and so forth. Uh, so if you follow either of us on social media, just... Uh, be on the lookout. We might uh we might have something for you guys. We are doing nothing. Yeah, yeah it's not not a lot going on over here. So not a, so, so <laughs> not we, a lot going so on. So now we're gonna do everything. Yeah, yeah. Now that I like I work from home when I like a clock out I don't have to waste time driving home. I'm already here. <laughs> so I, I can just go do whatever. But um nah man, that's all we got for today's episode, man. You guys uh, stay safe. Stay, uh, stay sanitized, stay clean, wash your hands, stay away from people, but check up on people at the same time. Uh, all that good stuff. But as always, man, you can get this podcast to listen. SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Send questions to dototalkpodcast.yahoo.com. Hit us up on Facebook uh, and Instagram at dototalkpodcast. Follow me on Twitter and Twitch, where I have been very active lately. Uh, at Serial Sensei, follow Antaku on Twitter at GC Zeus. Um, like I said, I don't know when we'll do another episode or if we'll do another one. Um, but I'll extend the life of this podcast a little more just because of the times. So, I'll, you know, if I can provide a, a temporary escape, provide some little entertainment for some fight fans out there. And I'm I'm willing to do it. So well, I'm just kind of playing this by air, just kind of winging it. Um, we'll we'll see how this goes. Um, so be on the lookout. We'll probably have some more stuff coming. But that's all we got for today's episode. You guys stay safe out there. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later.